Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Monday, welcome guys. Football season Monday, semi-new edition of Monday. Danco Transmission Bearcat Bounce Podcast. That's right, it's the BBP. Your Cincinnati Bearcats, a tough, tough 31-24 to loss at Arkansas. We're going to break that down. Nuts and bolts, ins and outs. But without further ado, it's time to welcome in my two guys, my pals, my uh, my whoopig suey comrade, and then the holy grail aficionado. That's right, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing all right. Made it home. Long drive. There we go. Yes, that's, that's half the reason I decided to fly. That, yeah. uh, that seemed to work out for you real well, too. No, oh, it worked out phenomenally on the way back. Phenomenally. Uh, Chad, how are we? Good. Working with uh, working in conjunction with the show. Trying to get him in here. He should be here shortly. He's having uh, a few technical difficulties. Ah, but, uh, ah. He's, uh, he's on his way. Technical difficulties. Well, you know what? Sometimes you have... Vehicle difficulties. Oh, and well, speaking of technical difficulties, those seem to be cleared up. Uh, but you know, before we mention this guy that just joined below me, we've got to give a shout out to Danco Transmission real quick. Danco Transmission. Dan- I never saw Danco Joe. I think he was hiding from me, to be honest with you. I also Darren, didn't see Danco Joe. He was walking around in the Huber shirt. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, when when you set up a, a tailgate for you know, a game and whatnot, you're like, yeah, I'll see you. And then all of a sudden it's like, these tailgates are two miles spread out from each other. Yeah. I asked, I, I asked how to get to that tailgate and it was like, uh, yeah, it's about a mile down the road and then you turn left and then it's about a half mile. And I'm like, and then I have to go back to the, the stadium two miles. No. Yeah. Right. We, we took the, like they had um at the cotton bowl, that was an issue. And they had the carts that like, you just had to tip. Like, the golf cost. carts. Yeah. Yeah. The golf carts. They did have petty wagons, but I mean, they had horse and buggies. You could you could ride around campus. <laughs> I know the, the people biking. I, I know. Yeah, he just, knows. I'm, he knows. But I'm but kidding. but no. I'm the, making the fun of. Was, I'm making an Arkansas joke. We were we were walking around, and, and I tell you what, I was I was wearing pants, a button down, and dress shoes. I probably that sounds logged, dumber than shit. I logged about four miles. <laughs> Good way to sweat out the. Uh, the happenings of the night before and the happenings that came later in that night as well. But you know, it, it just was, it was a, uh, it was an interesting, interesting weekend. And, uh, but if you drove down there, you drove back, your car's got a little like tick, tick, ticky to it. Take it over to Danco Joe, Danco transmissions. Tell them, uh, tell them we sent you mention BBP mention, uh, chatty B or a Ron or mention Ryan Royer with that Ryan Royer. How are we? Doing well. Sorry about the difficulties. Uh, I had to tune in on the phone. Laptop's not cooperating really well, so maybe it's time for a new one. I mean, all that, that money new, you're that making. new from... engineering check might have to drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's something Dan Code Joe probably cannot fix. I mean, you could try. You can take it in there. Maybe you get $10 you off. Might have to get a Coach Fig. Oh, did, did, yeah, technical genius, Coach Fick. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Have to take his recommendations. Yeah, need to. 
Me too. Well, uh, speaking of recommendations. Look, all I know is. What? First, first game without Ryan Royer on the roster, L. <laughs> oh, apparently I was on the roster. I got a video from someone who was at the game. I was in the, the program <laughs> somehow. Oh, wow. 35 Ryan Royer listening in the program. So I got to show that around to some of my friends. Felt the show doesn't cool end. For the first time in a long time. The show yeah. never ends. <laughs> wow. Never. Well, I guess that's impressive. We'll, we'll take it. In the program, number 35, number one in uh, BCJ and Bearcat World's hearts. How about that? There we go. Uh, but 31-24, Ryan, give us your setup on, on Saturday. I know you were out of town, I believe, maybe a vacation or a trip of some sort. Uh, where were you at? Where were you watching? How were you feeling? So I was at uh, Lake Norris, Tennessee. I was with uh, about 19 of my my friends. We were hunkered in in the living room, decked out in our Bearcat gear, um, just huddled around the TV watching. Um, we were just locked in for the whole game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was funny. You know, I get to watch the game with some friends, but obviously you're like, Damn, I wish I was out there. I wish I was in that environment. First game, not really there, but you know, I I mean, you know, we we didn't get the W, but you know, I like the way some guys stepped up. You know, you could see that there's obviously room to grow, but I think there's a there's a good ceiling for this team. You know, if you just eliminate a couple plays, a couple penalties, you know, it's a whole different ball game. And I think the Bearcats would be coming home with a two possession victory. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn from. But, you know, I'm still excited. It gave me some, like, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be really good players and really develop uh, this season. And you saw that a lot uh, just throughout the game. Certain guys just stepping up throughout different moments. But, you know, obviously you hate getting a loss to start off the season. But haven't had that in a while. So, you know, there's not there's not a program or a team that's going to be able to get right back on the right track. When you heard that, uh, the quarterback was announced, and it was Ben Bryant. How surprised were you that Ben ended up winning the job over Evan? Uh, I wasn't too surprised. No disrespect to Evan. I just, you know, that was always, you know, the guy I thought was going to win the job. I think he came back for a reason. He's a great competitor. I knew I knew him and Evan were battling. Um, but, you know, I kind of got the feeling that Ben kind of took over the past, like from what I'd heard from some of my teammates and my ex-teammates and, you know, just being at camp and seeing some things. So I wasn't too surprised, but obviously no knock on Evan. But, you know, I was happy for Ben to get the start as one of my one of my close friends. But. I mean, that's the reality of the situation, right? Like somebody's got to win the job. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's not yeah. like I'm having a hard time making people understand. I don't think when I when I talk about the quarterback situation. I don't think Evan's a bad player. I think Evan has a chance to be a great player, but they had a competition and Ben won the competition. And that means you yep. give him the rope to let him progress after yeah. winning the competition. You don't, he made a bad throw. You don't pull it. Like it's not a video. No, yeah. It's not fantasy football. People have to like grasp what's Luke Fickle's job. To win football games. And he made his choice on based on who he thought was their best opportunity to win the football game. 
That was Ben Bryant. He's going to stick with that until, you know, I don't think this is going to happen, but like if things are bad in two, three weeks, then maybe you revisit. But Ben, after winning the job, deserves a chance to prove he's the guy to lead this team forward. I think that's, that's what a competition means. That's maybe I, I hopefully yeah. you agree, but that's kind of how I see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent. I love that. They all, uh, the coaching staff, I don't know. I, I saw something from coach Vic saying like, Oh, we're not going to do like a two quarterback situation. Yeah. I can't think of a situation where that's ever worked in professional college. And I don't think it would work here either. And, you know, the thing about Ben is you kind of saw it last year with EMU. He um, he had a job. He had a battle. He had to beat out the guy who was previously there. First couple of weeks, you know, Ben had to get settled in. And then he ended up being a 3,000-yard passer and played really well. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen, like, here. I think, you know, it's your first game back as a Bearcat and – you know, you got to get comfortable, get even, you know, you know, you're at, you're at camp, you're practicing all that stuff, but nothing can simulate a game. And so I think, you know, Ben looked great on that first drive. Then he had that, um, you know, that pick, he kind of telegraphed it. The guy had a great bite and, you know, made a great play, but I mean, I, you just see flashes of Ben throughout the whole game of his arm talent, you know, just getting on time with his receivers on the deep balls and maybe some other uh, quick game routes, you know, that's just going to keep getting better every week. And, you know, knowing Ben and how talented and the kind of worker he is. I mean, I'm, I will like, don't be surprised when he's got 3000 yards going into the fa- last couple of weeks of the season. So, you know, fans got to just kind of like let that develop and, you know, understand that, like you said, it's not like, Oh, let's press start sub about the quarterback and get press resume and everything will be good. So. Yeah. I think another thing with quarterback, obviously, cause you can have, position battles at linebacker you can have them on the defensive line at cornerback and you can still rotate in the whoever finished one b to the one a but at quarterback it's about you know getting the reps and getting that comfortability and that cohesion with with the entire offense so i feel like it's a little different with those competitions as you were saying chad the fact that you know you've got to pick a guy and you've got to stick with that guy for long enough for him to start clicking and i think in the second half you did see that but in the first half, obviously, that uh, you mentioned the interception that was thrown. You've been on the sidelines when when something like that does happen. When when a quick game, you know, I think back to like the Army game back in the COVID season when yeah. there was that that botched pitch that you know Army was able to scoop and score on, and it it, it yeah. was something that quickly just kind of is was is the the team do they just quickly wipe it from their memory? Is that something that the coaching staff harps on, and and you kind of just say, okay, yeah throw that one away and let's, let's focus on the next play. What, what can you say just from experience when, when an adverse play like that happens? Yeah. Like, just like you said, it's next play mentality, you know, mistakes, like mistakes happen. And, you know, honestly, you know, some, some could argue that you make a mistake that early, like you have plenty of time, like regain yourselves and make up for it and learn from your mistakes. Whether it's like, if you're not throwing a pick on the game winning drive to like lose the game or something like that. So our coaches staff always did a great job of like next play mentality be positive like you know same thing with the teammates you know like I said we have a great program a great brotherhood guys I I you know you can't see it on tv but I know for a fact guy even Evan you'll know Evan was probably the first one to go pat Ben on the back like hey you got this bro like next play you're good we're gonna be just fine you know the whole offense rallied around him same with the defense and 
that's just how uh, Bearcat football has been brought up the past couple of years. So, yeah, even Josh Wiley in, in the post game presser mentioned that you know he went up to Tim right away and just said, "Hey, we're good. We'll get him next time out." So yeah, completely agree. I, I need your opinion on uh, Ivan Pace because my lord, he was everywhere. Like, it, it, yeah, it felt like every time the camera zoomed out on a big play. There's Ivan Pace given the like okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ivan. Yeah. Like he was really good. Yeah, and you know, you love that. That's why that's why uh we got him to come here. We got him to transfer here because we knew we needed that playmaking ability reestablished after uh, losing uh, Beavers and Joel. That's a lot of production, a lot of you know, Beavers made a lot of big plays, whereas Joel was just yeah. consistent, like racking up tackles every week. So we needed a, an experienced guy to come in and who can step up on the big stages and make those plays. And that's exactly what Ivan did. And, you know, same thing with him. He's a transfer. He It's going to, if he's flashing like that week one, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And then that just makes everyone else better on the defense. That's going to open up way more like uh, opportunities for our D line, way more opportunities for our mic. So seeing Ivan like ball out like that with his first game, and they, uh, with the CPAW on, you know, that's that's really good things for the Bearcats defense. Kind of a weird dynamic as the offense seemed to struggle in the first half and the defense was really showing out in the first half. And then in the second half, you kind of flipped from that exact scenario to the exact opposite as the offense stormed back and the defense seemed to struggle a bit in the second half. Um, what do you accredit that to as the game kind of played out that way? You know, it's just the way, like, football, like, you know, they're, they're, people are going to get first downs. They're going to make big plays, you know. I mean, I'm not going to – like, I don't think the defense played poorly in the second half, you know. Sometimes, like, they scheme up a good play. They they get a good drive going. They make some plays and make things happen. You know, we always got to tackle better on defense. We got to pursue better on defense. I think that's something we could have did better in the second half, especially trying to, like, contain that quarterback, get him down on the fir- on first contact. Don't let him fall forward. Because, you know, those extra two yards, like that, you, you get extra two yards on first and second down, yards after contact or missed tackles. You know, that makes third and one, third and two, or first downs after two plays. And, you know, it's got, you got to play complementary football. You got to, you know, that's all three phases of the football. You got to play well through all 60 minutes. And, you know, sometimes one's got to be struggling, so one's got to pick you back up. But in the end, you know, you got to make a play. You got to get a stop and, you know, you can't be having uh, stupid penalties and that's kind of what happened. Uh, I think that's kind of what the recipe for disaster was for him. But, you know, both sides of the ball, it's like gives and goes. It has to be insanely frustrating. Is. Like that that's exactly what you're talking about. Complimentary football. They get a touchdown. They get the fumble. They take over it. Like, and that was complimentary football, even if you go to the kickoff, because Arkansas was getting frustrated, decided to bring out the kickoff, tackled at the 15, holding call, pushed back to the, the, the seven, then the fumble, Eric Phillips recovers, and then false start, illegal formation. Like, formation. all of a sudden, like, it just starts snowballing. Is, is there yeah. a point, like, is it is it hard to, like, like, take a deep breath and like step back from what's happening in the moment and be like, Hey, just relax. 
Everybody calm down yeah. for a second. You know, we're we're always a pretty collected team. Um, you know, I think yesterday was was a good example of we've always had problems uh, with penalties, like throughout my whole five years there. And we'd have problems with penalties at the biggest moments, you know, in some of the biggest games. Like, that's just something that we struggled with. But the past two years before, you know, we had, like, you know, guys, dudes that, you know, could just make up for those stupid mistakes. Whether if our defense gets a penalty, all right, next drive, you know, we got Ahmad, Kobe, Joel, Maijay. They're going to make a play. We're going to get off the field. And then on offense, we had guys like Dez and who was just able to like make things happen sometimes. And we're really blessed to have, and, you know, situations like yesterday, you know, we're kind of like, we got new guys in there who are trying to find their way, you know, no, no, uh, no offense, to any of those guys, but you know, they haven't really shown that they're going to be, yeah, it's reality. And we can't afford at this stage right now, we can't afford those kind of mistakes. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, just a, a dumb mistake and, but if you keep compounding them, oh, shit, it's first and 20. We're not on the three. We're on the 15. Now it's third and goal from the 12 when it should be seven mm-hmm. points, you know. But, you know, that – I mean, yeah, we left – that's four points we left on the field. But, you know, that doesn't lose you the game. Like, it's a 60-minute game and other mistakes right. at other times. So, it's tough, obviously. You're like, God damn it. Like, how, how did we not come away with a touchdown on the three-yard line? You're like – that's it's something we got to learn from can't can't ha- let it happen again you know we, we got to find a way to just it's been a pattern we've struggled with for five years we got I mean just got to lock in a little more just be more attention and you know hold it make sure everyone's on the same page yeah well so kind of uh going back to the whole you know all three phases as far as preparation goes because week one games are completely different than a lot of other games because you don't have game tape from that current year. But as far as it goes to, you know, preparing for a, a player like KJ Jefferson for Arkansas that, you know, I keep on trying to think back of a similar running quarterback RPO scheme that has the ability to get to the second level with his legs and can, can throw at some as well. And I, I keep on trying to think, I think like Justin Fields would be one that, Pops into my mind from Ohio State a while back. I think like Clayton Toon in the AC Championship game was actually the guy who last ran for more than like 50 yards against a Luke Vick yeah. team at quarterback. So, but he got sacked a bunch too. So it brought him back down to world. But as far as preparing for a quarterback <clears throat> like that, I feel like that's really hard to replicate in practice because, you know, even Vick said we didn't expect Jefferson to run it as much as he did. And, you know, different things that he brings to the table. That's something that you really can't prepare for. You know, you so on defense with RPO, you got guys responsible for every option, you know, but the, the way RPO works is it just puts the defense in a really shitty spot. It's like, is it a run? Is it a pass? Okay, now you have to react. Get to your guy. Um, and then, But he's already got a step on you, so you're kind of in frantic mode, and it just puts the, a quarterback like that who can put his foot down in the ground if you're out of position. And like when you're going to try to leverage a ball and tackle him, like he's going to fall forward. He's going to get three, four, five, six yards. And, you know, Arkansas is smart. They know they can do that. They know they can put our defense in a bad position. And they just kept 
uh, taking advantage of that, you know. But we were in we were in good spots where we could make the tackles, but you know sometimes like you just got to get better at it. You know, you, we're not going to be able to have a a six four two hundred forty pound scout team quarterback who can. Right. I mean, maybe when I was there, I could have given a great look at that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but, I, I had but, a recommendation. <laughs> I would have made Shaman the, the the scout team quarterback oh, to be KJ Jefferson. That is a great. That's a great. That's a great comparison. I like that. Maybe Cam yeah. Jones if he was he was ready for that. <laughs> Cam Jones pre Cam Cam is not two fifty and two forty anymore. But no, do you remember that one camp higher ground? Yeah, Ryan, but you remember I, that I, one no, camp higher ground? I was, he was just out there running people. I up. was on the field. He hurdled uh, Colin Whitakin, who yeah. was like. Yeah. I mean, Cam Jones was six nine, and Colin Whitakins probably five seven on a good day. So he <laughs> <laughs> just had to but step over him. Cam's about three twenty now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, yeah. Different. A little different. A little, a little different. Little different. But Shaman's about that size. Yeah, and can I know. move. That that would have been yeah, my, that is, my that is secret a weapon. Yeah, would have been nice. But yeah. it, Ryan, on the I, flip side, though, um, when it comes to showing the look that you're expecting from Arkansas's defense. You know, I think they, they, the offense was expecting a little bit more three down. I think they came with more four down than they anticipated. You know, it's, it's just trying to give as good of a look as you can and then adjusting from there for the offense. Once, once you see, okay, maybe the scout defense that we planned against wasn't exactly what they were going to run. Just tendencies. So, both sides of the ball, you know, everyone, everyone that's out there, they played the game. They know the game. They know how to react. Our coaches put us in great positions uh, to succeed. And what it just comes down to, all right, we got to make adjustments. This is what they're doing. Let's, you know, we got to have to tweak a little things around, maybe go to look for different looks on offense, go to maybe a different front on defense or hit them with different rush packages and stuff like that. But, it's just about like we're you're all our coaches are always going to put us in the best spot and we just got to execute both sides of the ball, you know. At the end of the day, there's a guy wearing red, you're wearing white. He's at, he's in the open field. He might be a quarterback. He might be a little bit bigger than the scout team guy, but we've trained, we've worked, we we know how to tackle, we know how to pursue, we know how to play with good fundamentals, and that's what you got to execute. You know, sometimes we didn't do that. We couldn't get off the field and. You know, you got to learn from it. You got to hit the tape, hit, hit the practice this week, and get back to business versus Kennesaw. But that's just that's kind of how the game is. You're never gonna you're never gonna have a perfect call. You're never gonna have a perfect a perfect like alignment. But you got to just make a play, make something happen, and execute. As coaches are being brought up, what were your initial thoughts of a Gino Gadouli run offense? I liked it. I thought we had a good balanced attack. You know, I liked I liked the running game. I thought we showed good, good, um, good signs of like a good positive running game. But you know, especially with a kind of like a depleted, uh, not depleted, just a little bit different offensive line than what we were hoping for. Got singed up, kind yeah. of Go down, losing Renfro. Yeah, Ren, losing Renfro hurts. I mean, I love I loved um a lot the passing concept. I loved the way they used Tyler Scott. I mean, he was open a lot, just inches away from multiple big gains um I, I really liked it i liked it i'd love to see uh trey tucker too trey tucker i thought it showed good flashes getting him involved in a little more next week would be good tight ends played well you know we threw the ball close to 50 times right 
wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Like Ben was, was Ben with Palmer. 40, 43, attempts. I think. With 26 of 43. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a little bit up more than uh, I'd say than the past couple of years. But I like what Gino was doing, and I'm not surprised. Big plays, big potential, utilizing players well, good run game still. I don't, you know, Denbrock likes to run the ball. We can't get away from that. That's a big part of our offense. And yeah. we have a lot of talent on the O line and running back. So I'm a big fan of Gino's game plan so far. Quite a bit more stuff outside. Though not not as much strictly yeah. inside zone, I thought. There was still the inside yeah. zone stuff there, but they were getting on the edges a little too. Yeah. I really liked what I saw from Corey Kiner. You know, it, he, he was flashing, like, his his ability. You know, there, there's a reason why he was at LSU, as, and he carried the ball a lot there. And coming back, I thought he – I liked what he was doing. I think just getting him back in the swing of things. I know he missed a lot of practice in camp and stuff, but I'd like to see, like, more of him moving forward and get Ryan Montgomery healthy too. I know he got a little banged up. Yeah. but Oblique or chest or something – yeah. In that range. I did want to ask one more scout team question. It had to, you know, last year scout team was run by Armand Benz. Yeah. And this year it's run by Michael Colosimo. Like advantage last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I love it. I said to give, you know, give Colosimo a little, a little hard time here. I love totally. it. So I, you know, also we uh, look at, a couple other things, you know, the three phases part where you mentioned how, you know, it's offense, defense, and special teams. And, and I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or anything, but field goals have field goal kicking has obviously been a bit of a tough thing for the team to, to, to get completed. And, you know, I, I think Ryan Co has, has the ability to, uh, you know, right his ship and everything like that. But, you know, it's, as far as the team goes and, and everything like that, is it is it also another thing like a turnover where if, if a field goal is missed, it's just kind of just like whatever, you know, guys. If we we have this faith, we have this trust. Let's let's pick them up because it it seemed as if yes, the like the one drive that you know Connor had back to back big gains, and then uh, it was you know two incomplete passes, and then a field goal that was missed, a little chip shot. But you know, it, it seemed as if Ryan Co has the leg and, and the ability. Oh yeah. Just, because as far as the special team side of things go, is it you know kind of just one team as a whole? We just say, hey, Ryan, forget about it. We're going to get him the next time out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like same thing. Like if we throw a pick on offense or let up a touchdown on defense, you're like, fuck. Like, damn, we don't want to do that. Like, that's not good. Like, but yeah, next play. So like, yeah, you missed the kick. We're like, all right, shit. Like, can't have those. But next, next play, man, next play. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I've ever seen someone – kick a ball harder than what he kicked on that 48 yarder that banged off the post yeah. like that ball like the top of the 48 post. top top of the post that that was good from 70 yeah like right i mean that just shows his potential that shows it, but now he's just got to put him through the upright he's got to he will he will that's why we got him here his you extra know, I'm, points i'm giving i'm giving <laughs> yeah i'm giving go I'm over giving the bryce net. bryce burton some Bryce Burnson, you know, it's all the holder's fault. So it is. Burton's it fault. Is. We've been talking Laces about Laces out, Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Laces out, been, Burton. So, Bert, Burton's shouldering the blame as he should. So, make sure you guys Take, get on Burton's ass for that. We can't be having that. I, I know you're not a kicking expert. I'll get on Burton tomorrow, no problem. <laughs> yes. But on the short one, on the chip shot, they were on the right hash 
they lined up angled and he kicked it straight as an like how I don't yeah. understand how that happened. <laughs> so they they they, off, they they offset like that so that it can like you know if he were to kick it straight it would ha- obviously have a better the angle would be more forgiving that it would you know stay within the right. upright and go in that's why they do that offset and you know they work on that like every every single day so it's it's not like anything new so it is just unfortunate it's like all right we're going to shift over there and still not going to kick it through if we just kicked it straight but i don't know it, is, it was the straightest kick of, i've know. ever seen <laughs> And, <laughs> yeah. and they were aiming at an, they were aiming at an angle and he kicked the straightest field goal I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's burn. Burn burn tilted it too much. It's I don't know. So last year, it's funny, last year I was the spot coach. So when hold when there's holding, you know, when you hold the ball, you have to put on like a specific spot, you know, every single yeah. time to ensure that the kicker is gonna kick it exactly where he wants on the ball. And so me and Coach May, we were having some kicking problems. So I told Coach May, I'm like, I think you need some extra help. I'm gonna get on Burton's ass. I'll be the spot coach. So the last couple of weeks of the season, I would stand behind Burton and like tally if he's putting it down where he's supposed to. But you know, we got to get a new spot coach. Oh, for two, that we got to get a problem. new spot coach. There's not a spot coach. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who, who are we not? Get... Will Adams. Got to tell Coach Fick. We got to. Yeah, Will Adams. We nominate Will Adams, spot coach. <laughs> coach Fick got all that money now for to boost up the staff salary. There's got to be some room for a spot coach on there. <laughs> wow, is that are is you that trying you to come back? Na- yeah, you're throwing your name into the hat there, are you? <laughs> hey, just get me get me after three three p.m. I'm good. I'll I'll be out there getting those guys right. Well, all you gotta say is look at look what happened in the uh, you know field goals were made. The final game of last season, we'll just leave it at that. Yep. So, so it was yep. spot coach, spot coach. <laughs> so one of the things, Ryan, that that Brent and I were talking about in the booth is just like, I don't know, just the the whole atmosphere was obviously loud. You're in SEC country. You have the Woo Pig Suey, and I still we, we we still have been talking about where the hell did that come from? How did that stick on? And like that's the <laughs> thing that they decided to go with, and all of that. Um, but what do, what do you think it was like for the team playing a first game instead of having a warm-up game, but playing the first game in an, on the road at in an SEC stadium with the I, – I think they announced, Brent, correct me if I'm wrong, the seventh largest crowd they ever had there? Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Uh, it's You know, it's exciting. I, guys like that. They're not intimidated. They, they want to be on the biggest stages, the biggest crowds, playing the best teams, best conferences. So it's, it's like it get, – it get, like, it's good to like have something like that. Like, Oh, like we're playing like an FCS school week one. Like, you know, we want to go play the best teams and we want to go, we want to get at them right away. And I, I think the guy, like I, we loved when I was on the team, the teams, we loved going to the, 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 uh, the biggest stadiums, the biggest crowds. And by the time I was done and every game was like a sellout because everyone wanted to beat us. So that's, we love the challenge. We love kind of feeling backs against the wall. That's, that's kind of how we train, how we, how we're like, how we're molded. And, you know, yeah, maybe a couple times, a couple of penalties and false starts, you know, it's hard to simulate that in practice. And I just got to, got to get that corrected and just got to keep being on a, on the same page. But, you know, I think the guys like it. They'd rather be playing there than, 
you play in a smaller school and with not as big of a crowd. So I've got a couple of hot takes about the uh, the whole woo pig suey. Uh, what is it? Oh, the boy. call the calling of the pigs, if you will. Uh, first off, yeah. First off, it's not loud. It, it might sound loud on the on the camera or whatnot, but it's really yeah. not loud in attendance. I mean, it's like I feel like everyone's yeah. trying to make sure their voice sounds good, like get like a good woo, like like trying to get like a singing voice <laughs> for it instead of like a cheering voice. Yeah, I, I think down the I drive is way the louder. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Since like, I I remember I've told you guys before, like that championship game was. I mean, we only have forty thousand people in Nipper, but it sounds like one twenty. I mean, it sounds louder than Ohio State. Um, we went there, what my second or third year. Mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. like yeah, I was like it sounded really loud on TV, but you know, it's it's kind of funny how that works sometimes. Like these big like SEC footballs stadiums like you're you're all oh, you're thinking i'm not gonna be able to hear anything but same thing with south bend you know that's a big stadium same thing ohio state big stadium but toughest road game i've ever played at was at the bounce house college game day not even close so just shows even like COVID don't sleep year. don't sleep on this don't yeah oh yeah don't sleep on this don't sleep on the 40 50 000 seaters in the american those places can bump a little bit i mean nippered obviously but don't get too. Yeah. Don't get. I. You know, people blow up, blow it out of proportion sometimes. Like the bigger stadiums. Didn't ECU get kind of loud too, and they only had like handful of thousands at those games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they they. I I bet you it was going crazy for that NC State game. I mean that that game was crazy. I don't know if you guys got the chance to watch that. That was a great game, and they once again they only have like yeah. I don't know, fifty-five percent of the stands, but it's it sounds just as loud as Arkansas on TV, and I guarantee you, it was probably just as loud in person. Those damn that damn pirate first down thing. I heard enough of that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that game was wild. The the whole Denailers marathon game, but uh, yeah, oh, you know yeah. what? I was surprised. <laughs> I didn't know he was back. I saw I saw his ass out there. I was like, I thought yeah. you were my age, man. <laughs> His 15th season. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. Tom Brady thinks that guy's been at uh, ECU for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so first half happened, 14-0. Uh, you know, the – Danko Joe wants some positive. I was I was rolling into that. Don't worry. Yeah. The uh, Danko Joe says he wants something. I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Uh, 14-0 happened. Obviously, it's, it's something that is is frustrating in all regards. But the only person that's been on this podcast right now that's here that's been in a, a halftime locker room with Luke Pickle as head coach and the uh, staff surrounding him is, is you, Ryan. So uh, it seemed as if when they came out in the second half, the offense especially, they started clicking. And it, is it just kind of new life comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is is it kind of just getting comfortable and, and kind of feeling out what the other team is giving you, or is it, or is there a bunch of rah rah in the locker room to kind of just get everyone's focus centered in? Uh, that's Coach Fick and the, the coaches were always great about like, no matter what situation we're in, it always felt like what they were saying was like the perfect advice. You know, sometimes like we could be playing like we could be playing like shit against a, like a lesser opponent. And they'd come in and they wouldn't like rip our ass, but they would just like 
they just get us going. Like, come on, like, just all we have to do is A, B, C, and we're good. Let's go do it. Like, we're a good-ass football team. We're built for this. Let's go. And then there's times where, you know, you're in a big-ass game, and it's like, all right, we kind of – we all know. We're like, all right, we could play better. And Coach Fit comes in. He's like, all right, let's fucking go, guys. Like, it's a game. This is what we want. This is what we – this is the kind of situations we want to be in, backs against the wall. Like, let's go and let's write this ship and get, get shit done. And I could just – that's what I, I'm guessing. He comes in. He's like, all right, like, 14 nothing in – we could play a lot better. Like, let's go fucking do it. Let's go. Let's go score some points. Let's keep him off the field on defense. And uh, it's not just him, all the coaches, offense, defense, you know, they're, they're reiterating the same message to their guys, making those corrections quick, calm, cool, collected. That's the one thing you, you know, sometimes you think like football coaches, like, especially at this level, they're going to come in and just MF you and rip you because you're not playing well. But these coaches, they, they knew the perfect balance and, I guarantee you that's exactly what they were doing. Um, and that's why you saw just kind of like offense, boom, go right down, score, and just kind of a whole new life. Have you ever seen anything in your life like what was going on with the helmets? I know people in the chat have already been talking about it. <laughs> I asked I asked Fickle about it in the postgame presser, um, but have you ever seen – so? I, I, it felt like about 15 helmets popped up throughout the course of the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it, like, that bad. Like, even at practice, maybe it's just a fluke or something. Because I know, I know Dalvin and the boys, they always make sure we got good, good uh, a good situation there. They always take care of us with the helmets. So, I don't really know what was causing all that. Maybe it's the – maybe Could it's, maybe like, some of the, the helmets heat? types. I don't know because I'm not – that it was weird because it's never happened to me. Like, I've never noticed it at practice with guys, like – I just that was kind like of Shep, freaky. Maybe just Shep like, just shook his head after a sack, and yeah, there he just celebrated. Flew <laughs> off. But you know what? Also, yeah. is, is the thing I they mentioned. They, they wear that little bubble thing now, you know, and, the and Guardian, I don't know if, they, yeah. if that gets them, you know, frustrated and whatnot. And then, so they wear it a little lighter during practice, you know, a little looser, and maybe yeah. they didn't tighten up in the game or some something because yeah, those were. Those are flying off of these. My favorite one, actually, yeah. other than the uh, than the Shep one that fell off just during the celebration. He was just waving his head up and down. And don't get me wrong, he's got a lot of hair to fit underneath that helmet. But uh, <laughs> my my favorite one was a big tackle on the sideline by Ivan Pace, and his helmet like came off. And in one fell swoop, he like grabbed it with one hand and put it back on his head and tried to run back out yeah. there on, on on punt return team. And I was like, wow, that's. That was as smooth as you're going to see out there, but no, the, the helmet the cowboy putting crazy. his hat on, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Here's no. the question Leave I had, bar. though. It, like on the other side, like six times they showed a shot of KJ Jefferson on the field in the middle of the game, and he had his helmet off. Like once you take <laughs> it off, or don't you have to come yeah. out? Well, it is a you can't take your helmet off on the field, no matter what. Like right. it's an automatic penalty. Yeah. I don't know because, like, Coach Fick drills that in. I know what – Sometimes guys get excited and take their helmet off. I know what that man's face looks like, and I shouldn't. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> Unless yeah. they're showing the show I know. on I don't, the sidelines, I don't know. raising the roof. Yeah. <laughs> that helmet – my helmet was off quite a bit, you know. I only had <laughs> – <laughs> not not by choice but <laughs> no not by choice you know god willing i would have been in there every damn snap 
but you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to make sure the games don't get out of hand. Yeah. Right. Got to keep it fair. Sure. <laughs> you don't want to unleash. You can't just unleash the show on everybody. No. That's not no. how the show works. Wouldn't be right. Wouldn't be right. <laughs> no. So uh, kind of going back to the game a little bit, that, that first drive on that opening series in the second half, Sure, Ben hit some good ones, and sure, Ben also missed some overthrows, but I thought maybe the pass of the game was it's like a third and six, and he was taking a blitz and then had, had Tyler Scott on a little like out on the far side of the field again, and Ben stepped up and delivered it for the first down. I, You know, it's we mentioned a couple of years ago back in the COVID season, the first couple of games – it seemed as if Dez kind of was a little off with the receivers, a couple of overthrows, a couple of, of, of things here and there. And, you know, it just raises questions amongst everybody. And obviously not in the locker room because the staff and everyone has, has their, their true feelings going forward. And that's all that matters in the end. But is, is it really just taking the game reps, live reps against an opposing team to get that continuity, to get that connection with receivers because it is a lot different on Saturdays than it is, you know, Monday through Fridays at practice. Yeah. Quarterbacks, receivers, they get on the same page, offensive line, defensive line, defense as a whole, everyone just gets better as the years goes on year goes on. Cause you can't simulate a game rep. I mean, you know, I know Ben's going to be out there like he has been every day, just getting extra work in. He's going to keep doing that. And you're going to see that grow. Um, with his receivers as the year goes on. But I mean, one thing that um, I noticed about Ben was that Ben was uh, more likely overthrowing where sometimes Dez in practice, would have, especially would have the tendency to underthrow. And when you really, when you know the game and you know, a guy like Tyler Scott, who's running sub four, four, and you just air that ball out there. I mean, there's so many like little things that could happen in a game that like, it's just like Ben, Ben, those balls that Ben are throwing, they're great balls, like amazing balls. We're talking like the smallest, like fraction of a change in like a step or like one, like contact slightly off with the, the corner, like that, the way the distance Ben's throwing that ball, how fast Tyler Scott is like, it's just so close to being a, a caught ball. And, you know, you know, that's just, sometimes that's just how the game goes. And, you know, but I know Ben, uh, Ben and Tyler, I guarantee you're going to be, good and after it but just see ben overthrowing those balls i like not that i obviously i want to see him caught but it's like you know ben ben's always had that arm talent that arm strength that you saw when he's able to like throw to the other hash like he was doing so well um that des didn't always like have like ben always had that kind of like arm strength and talent just a little bit better than des not that des wasn't good or anything but you can kind of see that, especially with those overthrows that Des would sometimes underthrow. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's like a, a positive thing to look at a positive light to shine on it. Like, I think it's better to overthrow and to guys like Tyler Scott, I think they're going to be able to get that down quickly and you'll be seeing a lot more touchdowns and completions. Too much arm strength is not a bad thing. No, right. John, let's look at Josh Allen. <laughs> you you can reel that in. You can corral yeah. that. Yeah. Getting more arm strength is is like there's a lot more difficulty in creating that. And yeah. I, I think Justin Williams mentioned me, this to me today um, when I talked to him, you know, off the record. But did you think maybe he was 
after the pick, just trying to make sure the ball was out of harm's way. Because if you look at those throws, they're they're just a little high and just a little like away from where the defense would have been. And maybe just in your mind, subconsciously, can't make a mistake again, but I've got this guy running down the field. Let's put it where only he can get it. And he was missing by two feet, three feet. Yeah. Like, it, like it, yeah. barely missing, but he was putting it in safe spots instead of maybe risking a little bit to where the corner could catch back up and make a play. Just I, yeah, I think that's a great observation. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, you know, I, I knowing Ben, I know that he's he's going to just play his game. He's going to put the ball where he wants to put the ball, no matter what, if he's throwing. If he threw a pick or if he threw threaded the needle in a window for a touchdown. So, yeah. you know, I think that's a good theory. You know, I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to talk to him. But I think that, you know, sometimes like guys like Trey, Trey Tucker, who he missed like high – like, you know, sometimes, you know, you get, you know, flash of the moment, heat of the game, you got to remember your receiver is a little shorter than like a Nick Martiner type stuff like that. But I think Ben was just playing his game, you know, and maybe just a little bit off. And you, like I said, like they work that, they work those routes, they work those simulations and practice on the scout team. And so they, they have a great idea of where to put that ball. And literally just sometimes it's a matter of chance, like the receiver, everything has to go right. And, you know, the ball is where it should be. And, um, sometimes it's just, just a little bit off, you know, and, you know, there's nothing really you can do, but just keep working, keep getting better, keep getting on the same page and they'll start dropping by, uh, the next week or by the end of the season. As we talked about game speed is just a little bit different. It, it, it's, you know, and, and maybe it's as simple as like in practice, you throw the ball the same distance, but you put maybe a little air on it, a little more air on it because the pocket's clean. Like, you know, nobody's going to hit you. So in a game, yeah. you drive it a little bit more, and you're you're off by this much. Like, yeah, it, it's it, the mar- I don't think people understand how small the margin for error is on a ball that's in the air for fifty yards. Oh yeah, yeah, and the like he's throwing a guy like the speed that these it's unreal. Play like off the corner, and it's like. People, you know, they're like, oh, what? Just, I can make that throw. Like, just hit him in the chest. <laughs> like, like, people don't understand, like, just everything that goes into it, just the freak athleticism of the quarterback to be able to put that ball there, the freak athleticism of the receiver to be able to go get it and the corner to be able to try to stop him. It's all just – that's what makes football just the most – the hardest sport, one of the – one the hardest sport to play and be successful and be professional at. So yeah, I think that's it, why we love it though. That's yeah. why we love football. Cause it's like, it's just every play. It's just a, a, just a show of just freak athleticism and grit and just guy just get going at it. And just, it's just great. That's why we love it. And that's what makes the wins that much better. And that's what makes the, the losses like this one hurt that much more. It's just like, Oh, just an inch there, inch there no penalty there. It's just like, yeah, you're it's a bit of, it's what makes it great. It's why we love it. Think how hard it is to make the NFL. If you're not in the NFL right now. <laughs> great example. A guy like me somehow goes to a cubicle nine to five, but 
just shows how you went how you, really it, the chances it's so were difficult that, that that even a guy like you had to go pro in something other than sports. Yeah, I went, <laughs> I went pro in aero, aerospace engineering, wow. working on planes. Hey baby, <laughs> hey baby. I you know another thing with with the overthrows to me, I think the fact that the receivers are getting that wide open also draws oh. people. The fans are like, "What are you kidding me? They're wide open." Well, that's because the receivers are good. They're really, really good. That's why they're getting that wide open. And you've already touched on how difficult it is to complete those passes to that type of player. But it also bodes well for what's going to be happening the rest of the season. And yeah, because thing, you yeah. know what also is really hard? Getting that wide open. Go watch yeah. the 2018 offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like the Jaden Thompson overthrow would be like a similar overthrow for every other team. But when you have players like – Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker who can blaze past you, then you're going to – it's going to be a little bit more obvious that the overthrow there were, is there because they're that wide open. There were like five times Tyler Scott ran past the DB like he was literally standing still. Yeah, I know. An SEC defensive yeah. back, and Tyler Scott was just like – Yeah. Oh, he looked like the roadrunner. Tyler Scott is a freak. So is Trey Tucker. I mean, we got the whole, the whole receiver room, like, you know, the guys have so much potential, and – you know, filling in for a guy like Alec, who is probably top two, top three freak in the receiver draft class. So, yeah. I mean, it just shows like these guys are getting open just like Alec did. We just got to get that ball completed and it's a whole different story. But, you know, they will. They'll get it right. I mean, I got all the faith in the world and in, in the offense. One of the position groups we haven't really talked about that actually impressed the hell out of me. And I think that was because the depth was unknown and we found out quite a bit about the depth was the defensive line. And we, we yes. got to see guys like Eric Phillips, guys like Dante Corleone. Um, even, I mean, I think you even saw some Justin Watley out there. I mean, we, no we got Potter. to see Noah Potter out there. I mean, there was a lot of guys that showed up in the, uh, in the two deep. And uh, I think that this team was, was tough to contain but they, they were able to show that not only are the starters good at doing so uh, overall, um, but, but I think we got to see what this next generation at defensive line is going to look like. Yeah, I loved seeing Eric Phillips in there and Corleone, man. Like, Eric Phillips, the fumble recovery, Corleone mm-hmm. with a lot of disruption. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's great. It's great that, like, because you, you know the guy, you know the names, you know Malik Van, you know – Jawan Briggs, you know, Jabari Taylor, you know what they're going to give, but just seeing like that depth come out of those guys making plays like in their first start in their first like real live action. uh, It's very promising. It's great for the whole defense. That's great for the linebackers. That's great for the secondary. Mm -hmm. And those are young guys too. These guys are young and they're stepping up and making plays on big stages. That's huge. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm just so happy for those guys, especially Corleone and Eric, like, where they've came from and, you know, how much they've worked when they've got here and all the, the great things they've done and just seeing it like come to fruition for them. You know, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm so excited for them and this season for them. Yeah. And Jabari- I'll disagree uh, real quick. I'll disagree here, Paul. Uh, I think they were trying to make contact at the line of scrimmage when they were in press man. But when the guy puts a move on you and runs right past you, like then you look really stupid. And Tyler Scott did that like four times. For those on the up yeah. at the line of scrimmage to press him, and he just gave a little hesitation and vroom. See ya. For those in the podcast only format, uh, Paul Brinker 
said uh, they would be in press man and try not try to make contact with the receiver. Not going to be successful doing that. That's what Chad's in response to. Vroom, vroom. Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. So like and think... subscribe. <laughs> Hit that like button. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Um, right. But but Tabari said as much uh, in the post game presser. He was just saying like that gets him jacked up to see you know the guys coming up after him that are doing things on the field on the sidelines. They're watching it and they're getting pumped and they're they're equally excited about what's to come for the future of the Bearcats. So it, it was like you said. I mean, it, it just it's a trickle down effect, really. Corleone chased the yep. play down from behind, which is crazy. yeah. That is. <laughs> I know, I know. They had to get the oxygen tank out after that one. He was. A they one showed him on the sideline. He was huffing and puffing a good deal. <laughs> yeah, because he he sells out, man. He might not be able to do like a fourteen play drive, but he's going to sell out. And he's going to make things happen, and like that's the whole point of having depth. So, uh, just back to the game real quick. Uh, the the play at the end of the third quarter. First off. Talk about Chuck, man. Charles McClellan looked like a blast from the pass out there on Saturday. Just, you know, first yep. off, well, the uh, the one pass to him from Ben was the one that Ben didn't kind of put a little overthrow to. And, and you know, that Chuck came around. back to – yeah, Chuck came back to it a little bit. Chuck had all green in front of him. But still, it was a big pickup on the third down and three conversion. And then they rush up to the line, and that's when the the whole, you know, sack happened and, and Ben's helmet popped off. Um, but my question to you is, have, have you ever seen Luke as mad as he was after that phantom flag on Cooper as Cooper tried to grab a hold but uh, was unsuccessful? <laughs> yeah, it was unsuccessful. Yeah, so it, was I, a, it was a no hold, but I, attempt hold. <laughs> I thought, you know, there's going to be bad calls and you, you got to respond. And obviously that one hurt. I, I thought it was a bad call. Um, but there's bad calls on both sides. There's bad calls in games you win and games you lose. So, yeah, I mean, Coach Trick, yeah, he was, he was really mad. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I've seen him, like, madder than hell. So it's kind of hard to, like, rate the madness because, you know, right. it's kind of with him. It's like it's all or nothing. If he's mad, he's hot. He, he's not, like, he's not going to be, like, 8 out of 10. He's going to be 11 out of 10 every time. So, But we love it, though. We love the fire. But yeah, I, that that obviously hurt. I mean, I I thought it was a bad call, but you know, we still had plenty of opportunities to tie the game up, and you just got to take advantage of them. The but you hate seeing you put, something like that. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Frank Milik for joining the YouTube as a member. We appreciate it. Um, the problem there is you can't try to grab. Like, yeah, he missed, but the official from the angle the official is at, just sees yeah. you reach out and close yeah. your hand for a handful of jersey, he's probably going to throw yeah. the flag, whether you connect or not. Like, yeah. What Coop's got to do is, is get in front of that yeah. block because that was a perfectly desi designed and executed screen other than that. Yeah. And, you know, that's the same thing, game speed, game reps. You know, O-linemen, they're not used to being out there, you know. We probably run that right. play like once, twice, maybe three times a game. And, like, a practice, you know, we probably run it like maybe ten times a week. We know it's in the game plan. But, like, like O-linemen, that's not where their majority of their reps are out there, like, 
you know, running, getting moving out, like laterally out and blocking people on the move like that. So, you know, it's the same thing, you know, you can't simulate that in practice. You just got to like, you know, just try to put yourself in the best position to execute. Cause you know, those guys, they can get away with those, those techniques and tendencies in between in the tackle box. Like you can grab guys and hold like hell, like 95% of the time you won't get caught. Um, but once you get out right out there, like a point of contacts, like where the ball's running right through, even if you miss and you're not doing anything, if you've looked the part referees, that's exactly what they're looking for. They see a guy miss a tackle. They're like, Oh, why did he miss that tackle? Oh, I see a grab. I see a, him flailing his arms up and I see a, cl- right. a clenched fist from a bear cat. Like he's thinking hold automatically, no matter what. It's just unfortunate. You know, Coop, like I said, Coop, another great player, great person. Like, you know, he's going to work at it. You know, he's going to get back in and make sure he's in the, the best spot he can be next time and execute. You know, I know he's probably, he's going to be hard on himself because, you know, he cares about his game. He cares about the team and loves the team a lot. And, that's what everyone respects about him. So, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to let that happen again. And he's going to, you know, get better and work on his game. That was a, that it's obviously hard because you can get a holding penalty on, on any play pretty much. But the fact that that was one that looked like it was bringing back a potential, you know, yeah. game tying touchdown just hurt. Yeah. Him. But, uh, uh, aside I didn't from even that, see it show up on the TV too. I was like, I couldn't even believe it. I didn't even know. Like, there was no flag indicator, too. You're like, what? Right. What's going on? Well, no, it, it, it was weird because, like, even, like, in the stands, like, it, it was, like, quiet. And it was, you know, I kind of was looking at Aaron. I was like, I, that's a touchdown. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, oh, 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 there's a flag. There's a flag. And laundry. Yeah. it was kind of confused. It was definitely confusion going on. But, uh, you know, it's it what it is. And then, of course, another flag brought them back and they had to punt, but uh, talk about Mason Fletcher, the rake a little bit. Uh, you've been around Aussies quite a lot your entire career, but man, it looks like he is uh, he's prepared to have a, a James Smith like sophomore season. I, I mean, Mason seems extremely locked in. Yeah. Mason, like great punter, tons of talent, you know, guy who really pushed himself in the off season um, for what I was told by some of my buddies, just, put on a ton of muscle, grinded, worked his butt off. He's always had tons of, like, his ceiling was so high. We knew that, like, last year. And, you know, when you got a guy with a high ceiling that that grinds and, you know, a punter that's just getting dirty, nasty in the weight room, putting on muscle, even though he still looks like a skeleton, you know, he's he's putting in the work, he's getting results. So, you know, he's he's bound to. Ask the question, Brent. Ask the question. Is he better than Jimmy? At this stage, <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. I, um, both these guys are, are my good friends. I like them They're a lot. They're both really uh, good. Like everybody people. was so everybody was panicked last year. We'll never be able to replace. They're not never, but like it's going to be really, really, really hard to replace Jimmy. And Mason hasn't skipped a beat. No, yeah, Mason's doing a great job. You know, that's that's the standard now, which is great. You great you Jimmy comes in and sets the bar like that for a guy, you know, a fellow countryman, a fellow Aussie, he can come in and relate to that and and Jimmy did a great job of, you know, um bringing uh Mason in and talking to him, kind of let him know how things go and I'm sure he gave him a ton of pointers, but yeah, I mean, that's the bar and I I think I think Mason can reach it. I think he, I think he he can uh, exceed it too. 
you know, but that takes a lot of work. But I think uh, I think that's something Mason can do. On, you know, on some of the uh, punts that he had, like it, it was weird because Arkansas wasn't bringing any, you know, rush. So he he would just literally just wait in the backfield yeah. for the coverage team to get down there. I don't know. It just seems like he's got yeah. the, the wherewithal. Well, those were, those were well. the short fielders. Those were the ones right. where he was only kicking 39, 40 yards. Right. But they literally Arkansas, brought, But Arkansas no gave him a free pass to just like wait yeah. and kick it as high as possible with – Ryan Royer, we have said we're a, we're a big gunner podcast here. Uh, Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, the two best gunners in the game. That's just funny. I wasn't expecting that comment. But yeah, I, I love it. That's a bit, that's a very no. That position is very important. Like that is a very repped and very it's taken very seriously on the team. The gunners, well, all, the yeah. whole the whole punt team is, but like we're putting our dudes out there, like our guys that we we're expecting to beat the best corners in the country in, in routes on offense. Like we're putting them out there to beat their anti gunners and we want to beat their ass every play and get down there. And that's our expectation. Um, but yeah, Mason, that little hezzy thing that we, we drill that every Thursday and Friday we work on, we work uh, the pooch punt and he, re- he gets out there and he reps that like uh snap, catch, hold, pause, wait, wait, wait especially if there's no rush to get our gun. Cause we, we tell our gunners, like we want you to catch the ball, like catch the ball, like inside the eight yard line, like just go down. Like that's how much time we're expecting to give them. So that's, that's repped a lot that, that you're going to see a lot of that. Cause that's, well, hopefully we don't see a lot of punts, but you're going to see a lot of punts inside the 10. Cause we rep that. But, I love trash talker too, though. Right. I, I mean, it's, yeah, I like it. Well, I was going to say, yeah, he country. likes, I was gonna say I loved watching even uh Mason tr- talk trash to his brother Max on the other sideline as he's you know making his his punts and just walking away like shh like yeah. even on ones that were called back he doesn't know that there's laundry on the field and he's he's still just talking shit to the sideline yeah. as he's walking back to his. <laughs> we got a great look this week. Like their dad and grandpa are legends in Australia. Le- like not yep not famous legendary Australian rules football players. So when you saw those stories coming out, it was crazy to see all the Aussies coming in. Like his dad was my favorite player. His grandpa was the shit. Like it was really cool that like perspective. Yeah. Cause we heard about it when he committed, but we haven't seen much of it like since, but then you saw his dad, his dad's a unit. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I got to see him at the playoff. Uh, last year he is big like that's they all that's have that a big same dude. lanky build yeah that is i mean they say he was like the he was like comparable to like the like kobe bryant like that's like right. his level of recognition dominance not the bear there. cat kobe bryant you know oh yeah not the the not, being not, kobe. not our kobe the mom kobe no. kobe like that's how big his dad <laughs> was in australian rules football yeah yeah. Yeah, they say Fletchy. Yeah, he was legit. <laughs> I hate. <you. laughs> uh, this that, is interesting. That laugh was Chad's face. <laughs> this is interesting because I agree with Jason here. On the sack fumble, I thought that was helmet to helmet. Live. Yeah. I guess it's just harder when it's from behind, you know. 
it's harder. It's not like she said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, I could, I had I mean, to fit I'm that fine. one in there. I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but the question <laughs> hey, from Jason. I'm, I'm as immature as anybody. <laughs> the question from Jason, what are the roughing, the, the quarterback rules in college? I thought for sure they should have called roughing when Ben got smacked. Then you watch OSU Notre Dame and the refs call it when the guy breathes on the quarterback. I think you're probably right because it was a blind side. But isn't that when you should be protecting the quarterback? When he is yeah. defenseless and the guy comes from the blind side and just smacks him in the back of the head? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm I mean, crazy. I guess, right, like, it's – no, I mean, yeah, it's probably a more defenseless position. But, you know, the rule book's like, oh, helmet to helmet, like – uh, crown of the helmet hitting up and around like the chin and neck and head area it's probably just harder to like interpret the rules directly like i don't know but i see like i'm all, i i'm not a huge fan of the you know i don't i don't like seeing guys having to sit out a game for targeting obviously you know it's like oh that would have helped us win the game and you know if there was a flag there but you know i i don't like, know I, I mean yeah you want to i don't care necessarily players, think it but, was targeting where he should have been ejected but it was helmet to helmet. His helmet, the first thing okay, that made contact yeah. with Ben yeah, Bryant was his helmet to the back of Ben Bryant's head. That should be a helmet to helmet yeah. penalty. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, yeah, you could make that argument. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your argument, your argument is valid to be heard. We'll put it that way then. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Uh, so and then uh, I mean sadly after the game wore on it was a couple of big plays by Arkansas in that fourth quarter that kind of you know put the put the touches on it but uh, Cincinnati another good drive where you know it when when Arkansas pushed it back out to 14 and Cincinnati got the ball back and I was just I was just forever scared that Somehow Arkansas was going to get the ball back and score again and make it like a 21-point deficit or a 17-point deficit, and it's going to look way worse on paper than it did at the game itself. Uh, Cincinnati was able to go down and drive, and, and Lenny got a touchdown off a good throw, really good throw by by Ben on that play as well. Um, kind of just after the game ended, and the third and nine play, Chad, you mentioned it on the uh, on the nightcap. Uh, the the third and nine play missed tackle uh, by KJ Jefferson was able to, to to you know get past the first down move the chains another one a bit a little bit later was third and two another KJ Jefferson keeper moved the chains so uh, once once the game was over though Ryan were you able to take a step back and kind of be like you know what this team is good this team is one that I I mean I fully believe that they're going to be able to run the table after seeing every other team that they play on the schedule I'm sure it's only week one. And every team's going to improve or make make adjustments here or there, but just from what was seen on the field on Saturday, uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind that this team is as strong. It, it, it's like the talent is all there, and all the things that need to be fixed can be fixed. You know, penalties, miscues, yep. different things like that. It, it's not like oh, they've got a huge gap on the offensive line of you know they don't have the talent to have success to, to succeed. So is is that kind of the same as you were able to? Take back after that. See, they agree, right, Chad? <laughs> I'm going to strangle my dogs tonight. Good God. Easy. Dead, dead, dead. 
All right, we are going to lose our PETA sponsor now. Yeah, I was going to say. I was gonna say. Chad just ruined that one. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm, I'm having margarita pizza for dinner. There, did that clear it up? Are we good now? All right, if there's any... If there's any big dog lover, dog lover listeners, just pretend you didn't hear that one. We'll be good. Yeah, lovingly, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, lovingly no. strangle my dogs. Like yeah, not, not to the say, point hey, of like, please arm. stop. <laughs> Look here, we're doing just a podcast. <laughs> We've got the show on. Calm down. <laughs> I can't believe they don't understand. <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue. Yeah. I was, that's exactly what I thought, but you know, like losing sucks. Like it, especially the standard, the bar is so high now. Like we, like, like you can't like seeing a loss week one. Like we, we haven't seen that. What since, since, um, I don't even, yeah. I, before, yeah. Before not your since time. I was there. We haven't lost week one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially like the the two years before, like we haven't lost since the bowl, like all season, and so it kind of it stings. It's like damn, like you know, making the playoff last year. You're like that's we we want we want to do that. Like that's the kind of we we know we can hold up to that standard, and just kind of like I was talking to the guy, like some of my my friends on the team over the weekend, just like I was telling like yeah, it does suck. Like you know, that's kind of like out of the picture and stuff. But you know, like we we all agreed that like we felt like there's, there's a lot there. There's, there's a really, really solid team there. Like, and guys who needed to step up, needed to step up, stepped up, showed flashes. You, you see a lot of depth on offense. You see a lot of depth on defense. I mean, like O-line, Renfro, who, who's one of the best centers in the country, goes down and just guys fill in. Guys get dinged up. Guys fill in. I think they did a really good job. You know, secondary, I thought, you know, obviously we're not going to have Amon and Kobe, but I thought they they hung in there. They played well, and there's things that are going to get corrected. Um, a quarterback, I think Ben's going to get better each and every week, and I think he's going to have a hell of a season. But, you know, you just see that. You're like, every, all these guys, like, they all played well, but obviously they had things to improve on. And, you know, you can't be shocked seeing that week one. But in a program like this, coaches like this, like, being able to see that, like, all right, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be all right. Like, we're gonna figure it out each week, and we're gonna we're gonna have a hell hell of a preparation, hell of a game plan each and every week to be able to take care of business and you know make sure this is the only time that we we get a loss. So it does suck to lose week one and kind of lose that like those playoff dreams, so to say, because I think that's the news that that's a standard now that we want to be one of the best four teams in the country, and we can be, but. I think it's all there. The team's there, offense, defense, special teams to take care of business every week. And I'm excited for them. Excited for them this week to take care of business and, you know, right into week three. So the uh, the last time so, they lost the, the season uh, opener, real quick. I had, a, I had a quick question. Like, Bumper Pool was named SEC, like, Defensive Player of the Week. Did you guys no. for what? get this? Right, like – Ben Bryant juked him out of his shoes. Right? I saw he made one play. He made like <laughs> did he make like one TFL? Or was it a sack? I don't remember. Did he have the pick? He didn't have the pick. I don't know. No, no, no that was linebacker. Gray McLaughlin. Yeah. No, no. The, the corner. Yeah. yeah, and and the sacks were Luke Jackson and uh or whatever his name is. Luke Johnson. So he had the maybe. strip sack fumble recovery. That no, was that Jordan Dominic. That was Dominic, yeah, the transfer. 
Maybe he had like multi he had the know, sack like and the recovery. plus tackles. Yeah. I mean, like he had a bunch, like he, I, I don't know, like SEC defensive player of the week. That was not a guy I walked out of there like bumper pool, like dominated the point of attack in this well, game. You just, I, dog. I didn't see that. Well, no, you just replay the juke. <laughs> he was no Michael <laughs> Just Just replay the juke that Ben had on him. Juke him out I of his shoes. Has right, he stopped? Just talked over jumpy. My, yeah, you just talked over my yeah, great. because I've had enough Micah McFadden in my life. <laughs> Let him go eat Thanksgiving meal somewhere else. Uh, yeah, Ryan, our, our, so our joke, like the Micah McFadden thing, you remember, we got to let him in on the inside jokes here because he's like he's getting up to speed. Uh, when Micah McFadden got ejected from that game, Tom Allen put his own son in. And then after the game was basically like, if I didn't have to play my son and Micah McFadden was still on the field, <laughs> we would have beat Cincinnati. So we joked that like at Thanksgiving, Micah McFadden got to sit at the adult table and Tom Allen's kid was over at like the kid table with like the plastic silverware. Oh my God. Eating the scraps of turkey that like the parents, you know, the, the adults were like, here, this is for the kid's table. <laughs> So that's, that's that great. joke. I if it ever it. comes up again, uh, bumper pool was no Mike and McFadden. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Just saying. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, well, the last time that Cincinnati lost in week one, Chad, Aaron, Ryan, any guesses? No. Oh, man. It's kind of obvious when you when you think about it. Because, I mean, normally they open up with like awesome P and like. Is it Ohio State 2002? No, no. No. Not quite uh, that far. Was Tommy back. Tuberville head coach? No, he was not. No. Dan Butch Jones, the four and eight Butch season. Jones, yep. Butch Jones, first season at Fresno State, 28-14. Yep. And I tell you what, coming out of that game, you were you had a lot of questions about the Bearcats. Coming out of well, this one, it's completely different. Well, it, here's my overall takeaway, Ryan, and, and maybe maybe you'll disagree with me, but I don't think you will. When I look around at what's left on Cincinnati's schedule. And I watched the team that was a couple minor mistakes away from winning at Arkansas to open the year. I feel pretty good about where this is going. Like, I, I don't think Ben Bryant I is going to have many I halves mean, yeah. like that. I don't think the defense is going to have many halves like they had in the second half. Like, this team is already close, I think, even after losing – Ryan Royer and Ahmad Gardner and Desmond Ritter, <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Brian Cook, Alec Pierce. Um, Thank you for saying I don't saying think what they're I, far, I man. Can't say. Right. I don't think they're far. I, I agree. They're not. They're not. I, I agree with you. I mean, that game, I don't think – like, I think we lost that game. I don't think Arkansas – I don't think for any reason Arkansas took that, like, gave, like beat our ass or, like, you know, they went out there and just – we just got, you know, there's some times we made some critical errors, critical mistakes, and, you know, we'll learn from them. But, like, that's a game that we, we could win. Like, we should have won. We should have won. So, like, eliminate some mistakes and play all around better football, complimentary football, all sides of the ball. I mean, that's we're coming out of there with a win. But, you know, th there's no one that's going to – there's no staff that's going to get us ready and right for week two. And, like you said, we got the guys. We're close. But you know, close doesn't mean shit unless you go unless you go do it. So 
Right. But I think we will. I really do. But I, I agree with you 100%, Chad. I mean, I mean, even after after that game, you can go as crazy to the point where, I, like, Ben Bryant could potentially be up for – and sure, a lot of things could happen throughout a season, but the way that he played in the second half and the way that the receiver's getting open, you could you can argue he, he could probably be up for conference player of the year by the end of the season. With There's the going to be guys stuff. running open all season. Yeah, exactly. And, and you There's could argue – you can argue Corey Kiner is probably going to be out there as a thousand yard rusher this season if he's able to get the amount of touches or at least close to there, depending on the the health of, of the other players. But I mean, he looked like he has that special burst that we've seen out of past running backs in the last few seasons. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, coming yeah. out of that game, you're saying a lot more positive things than like, oh man, we gave up, you know, 17 points in the second half and looked like loss on defense at times or or we or we overthrew in the first half with Ben Bryant and had a, had a bunch of flags. Flags are uh, I hate flags. And you lived through the 2020 season and where you know you guys are what number the the third worst in the country in, in flags or maybe yeah. maybe, maybe last in the country. We might have been last. We were, we were bad. damn near. Yeah. yeah. Bad. But still I mean look you you finished last in the, uh, flags are something that Unless it, it becomes a real issue and like players are getting thrown out of games and stuff for for you know personal fouls and whatnot, that's not normally what the flags are. And yeah. so it's it's you know you guys went nine and zero with as being the number one most flagged team in the country throughout the regular season in, in twenty twenty. So you know these things can all be fixed. But I walked away, and, and I'm an optimistic guy. But I walked away really optimistic for the rest of the season as the team continues to gel. Yeah, I, I was optimistic, but I was like, "Damn!" Like, you know, you you gotta capitalize. You you got we we have to learn from this because you know, like, those are big games. Those are big moments. Those right. are like big impacts on the season. That you like, like it. it you know, you could be optimistic. But you're like, "Damn!" We just let a, a really good, great opportunity get away. But I mean, all you could do now is just pick yourselves up and learn from it and be hungrier because of it. And I think that's exactly what uh, the guys are going to do. Did, did you guys need that early in your rise? Did you need to get your butt kicked at Ohio state? Did you need some of the things that that lost the temple? I think a lot of people don't talk about. I think that was a loss that sat with a lot of you really wrong. Oh yeah. Like, oh my God. I, I, mean, I we, uh, The yeah. worst loss of the Luke fickle era is that one. But it might have been the most important. Yeah, that we were still taking out anger on them last year for that. Like I know, like <laughs> you guys that were on the team for that. Like we were like we're like like I we we hate these guys. Like we hate that that happened. Like we need to we need to score as many points and hit them as hard as we can every single play. Just that's how that's how bad that loss was. That's how bad that stung. It 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 festered still. We beat. We beat the shit out of them the year after and then last year too. But oh wait, no, 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 it wasn't the year after we didn't beat. It was a two point game, right? Yeah, that was or the, something like that. The terrible weather. Yeah, it was senior. Yeah, day, yeah. no, that was um uh, last year. I'm I'm speaking on yeah. then. Like that last year you did that that stung. Yeah, but no, I I like that um that point, Chad. You know. Uh, you know, over the past five years, like if you kind of 60,000 foot view, you're looking down, you're seeing 
like the way things have developed and how we've responded, you know, you could kind of like condense it all into like that moment. Like, yeah, we've, we've needed like to kind of like, you know, mess up, so to say, to learn from and to grow because this isn't, this is like a new, this is like a new chapter, you know, we kind of like finished, we finished a chapter last year. We're opening a new one now, new guys, but it's still, that's, it's written by the same program. So we're going to follow the same tendencies. We're going to follow the same uh, um, the cultures that we did before. And, you know, I think you're going to see the same, you're going to see the similar pattern a team that can learn and grow and be better. We'll find out like I, there's, there's two, I, I've always, there's two types and this is a common like cliche in sports, but I think, especially with what I, I've seen from you guys over the past couple of years, it's true. Two types. Guys that love winning and guys that hate losing. And you guys have had a team over the past two years that hated losing far more than you loved winning. That's my take. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We like the thing, like we were, we were, we're fortunate to lose at the end of the season. uh, The past two years, I guess you could say fortunate, but like, you know, but then you carried you, that you were, into the off season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like we hated it so much that we we can't let this happen again. Um, but you saw that a lot in the the years before. Like especially once we got the taste for winning year two, it was like, all right, we, we're never we we can't ever go back to that. And I I think it's going to be the same. Like all these guys, that team is built on winners. It's built on like winning mentality. And they're, that that's that shit's gonna sting all week. It's gonna be a bad taste in their mouth. And like, come come kickoff Saturday, like I know they're gonna be ready to explode and and take out all the all that anger on the Kennesaw State. I forget what their or even Kennesaw mascot State. is, but oh man, they're rolling in. They're they're rolling in to, to an angry angry Bearcat team in Nippert home opener. So poor owls. I think poor, I think they're owls. gonna take care of business. <laughs> yeah, Who? poor the, owls, but the poor Who? owls, man. Who? <laughs> yeah, those those owls. Oh, there Who? we go. <laughs> Whoa, that sounded too much like the pig suey. So dad joke. Let's throw that one away. <laughs> God dang. God dad dang. jokes and your and uh, what what was the last one? Uh, that's what she said. Chad needs to start a Netflix special. <laughs> Might be a smart, smart idea. Fantastic. Just, just a, another form of content. There we go. You can, oh, you can also catch us on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, Bearcat Journal on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just hear him cackling all the way down the hall. <laughs> Golly. Well, as as I can imagine, the staff is is going to be locked in on this, uh, you know. Because and I think the players also mentioned this as well. I think Will Huber did uh, in the post game, just kind of how you know they're they're all fixable things, and you know we mentioned it as well. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see the the adjustments. I don't I don't even know how how many adjustments need to be made. More just so more so just getting back out on the field again on Saturday and going up against a beautiful triple option FCS squad and yep. you know, just absolutely laying the wood and, and then coming out again and, and Paul Brown and, and probably putting on a light show against uh, the Red Hawks. So um, yeah, I don't know. 
it, it seems like it'll be a quick turnaround from this, but one that'll probably sting with them because it's not a big game that upcoming Saturday. So that, that, that loss will probably hang with them a little bit longer, but I mean, it's, Team's not used to losing, as Chad said, and and as you have went yeah. through. So, um, I'm just looking forward to yeah. the adjustments and and how hard they come out on Saturday. I think it'll be fun. Here's yeah, what I want to know. I'm going to be down there, so looking forward to it. What's a what's a Ryan Royer? Uh, I'm not playing football anymore. Game day look like like where are you going to be? What's the plan? You going to the 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 the, the <laughs> The, the Letterman's Club tailgate is that where you're headed? I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to find something. Got to make some make some calls, shoot some texts out, kind of find the lay of the land. But you know, it's probably gonna involve you know having a couple beverages, maybe stopping down. To, are you guys doing the Bearcat show down on short on, on short vine? No comment. No comment. I. I and no, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, um, you know, I mean, there, there's a good God chance I'll I probably be out there on the field. I usually stop at two places, uh, which is the Simone family tailgate, which you're always welcome to stop by and say hello. It's on top of campus green. It's right where the the catwalk, like that garage on the left to where the catwalk is on yep. the top of that. They always have jello shots. If you want to stop by, grab yourself a couple jello shots. <laughs> and then I stop by yeah, the uh, Republic of Cincinnati tailgate uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that that's all on campus green, right? Uh it's on the on the grid. Yeah. The Republic of Cincinnati's yeah, yeah, on the that's grid. What I meant. Yeah, yeah. 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 The Sigma, Sigma Commons. Yeah. Over by the um, dorms. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to come say hi. Um yeah, I mean, I think I'm looking. I think they're going to Adriatico on the field, though. Of course. Oh, a little Bearcat pizza. Yeah, I think they're going a couple Bearcats from Adriatico's at the the Republic of Cincinnati tailgate. Hey, they say it feeds Enough. forty, but I think it's only 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 one Royer, one Brendel, right? I think we could rock. <laughs> I, I I could rock. I, I'm not a. I, I like to eat good, but I'm not, I don't eat a lot. But a Bearcat. Yeah, do you know the secret? I like that. That that. What's the secret? You know how the spice has got the the sauce has got a little kick to it. A little tang, yeah. Yeah, a little tang. They're the only place I've ever heard of doing this. They take the juice from the banana peppers that they use for their salads, and they put the banana pepper juice into the sauce, and that gives oh, the sauce really? a little bit of a kick. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I like that. I never yeah. heard of that. I like, yeah, I, lo I love their pizza. It's good. I do too. I love that. Like, it's, very good. Uh, it's the Sicilian, right? They call it that thick yeah, crust. The Sicilian. That's what they call it there. Yeah. You can you it's can good. get it like small, medium, large, and then Bearcat if you are yeah. feeding a small army. <laughs> I'll hit you up. We'll, we'll link up. Yeah. We'll link up at some point on game day. Yeah. And I'm guessing, are you guys all going to be down? In the like, are you gonna be on the sidelines? Is that what you guys do? I'm on the, the sidelines. They're in the press box. We go down to the sidelines okay. like before the game, after the game, but yeah, during the game we're up in the in the box. I'm probably gonna try to make my way down pre-game, get on there, chat it up with some of the guys. So if you guys are down there, I'll definitely come see yeah. what's up. We'll Just link up. Avoid Craig Carey. 
guy's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know that guy. So you don't know Craig Carey to avoid him. Oh, thank God! Look, no. you and Craig Carey would be trouble. Trouble? How much? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Right. So, so Craig was a quarterback. Like end of D'Antonio, end of BK, and then he got switched at the end of BK to defensive end. So in his career, he played quarterback and defensive end in Cincinnati. He's a long time. He's a, (laughs) Carrie and I have been friends forever. So he's one of those dudes. Like we have like great relationship with you and Garrett. Like Craig was my 2009 version of you. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to meet this guy then. Don't keep him away from me. He's one of the guys that runs the Letterman's Club with uh, Alex Apian and Tom DeTemple, Craig Carey. Oh, yeah. 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 I know Alex. Yeah. Um, Craig was in a bunch of practices or a couple practices this spring. He's really good friends with Caleros, Zach Caleros, and uh, Travis. Okay. Like when, when Travis comes to town, oh, he, stays yeah. at Craig's, he stays at Craig's house. All so, right, nice. Okay. Craig's got some juice. He's a dumbass, but yeah, he's, he's got, got some he's juice. Got some, he's got some boys with him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the crew. Like he's he's not the guy you yeah. want to know, but he's the guy that that comes to the party with the crew, right? <laughs> he's the glue guy. Right. He's the, he glue connects. Guy. Yeah. He nice. connects yeah. like I'm coming with Caleros and Kelsey and Jason and like everybody's like, well. No one's Craig paying attention there. to him. Right, right. <laughs> Nobody knows Craig was hey, there, but they felt the impact. Couldn't have happened without him, though, yeah. That's going to be easy. you in 2028 when you're showing up <laughs> with Sauce and Dez and Kobe. Yeah. And... <laughs> Bryce Burton. Yeah. Yep. Bryce... Yep. <laughs> no, that's going to be no. Bryce Burton. Bryce Burton's yeah. going to be <laughs> Craig Carey he's... for sure. Yeah. Not if he's not – not if he's giving them laces every time, man. We got yeah, get him out Spot. of here. Did you see the pool the... interview? The 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 little floaty oh, interview yeah. that he did. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, that's so Bryce. Like Bryce is just content city. Like yeah, he's just he's a riot. I love that guy. So, I, you know what that means, so right? Need, is we're gonna have more of that. We're gonna have to angle for when he's no longer a Bearcat. That he's on this yeah. team right here. Like I saw with you. Oh yeah, content city. Burton is is next in line. He's been flagged. Oh yeah, he loves that. Yeah, I'll I'll let him know. I'll let him know. A little, get a little Bearcat Journal grooming action hey, for look, him. I, I got to do another like uh, a little like uh, like reconnaissance mission. What do you know about this like player podcast? Player with, podcast. Uh, Sopko, Sopko has joined it. Really? I. What is it called? Hold on. Let me look. I'll tell you in just a second. Rock hey, something. Oh, Rock of Truth? Yeah. Rock oh, of Truth. Oh, yeah. That's that's with uh, Statterman um, and then this, yeah. this guy named Joe Metzger. He I remember Joe friend. Metzger a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's a friend of, like, guys in the team. He's just a, yeah. just a great dude, just, like, loves Bearcat sports, loves Bearcat football. And they get on, they just kind of, like, just they'll talk, they'll talk hoops, they'll talk football. And actually, I, I was on it with they did like a walk on nation one with like me, Will Adams, Bryce yeah. Burton. 
They that's a great pot. You guys should check it out. They do a great job. No, I, I want to add them to the network. I want I want them to to be part of us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So go I'd do be, some work for me, Royer. All right, yeah. I'll let them know. I, I, I told Sapko already. Sapko was like, "Look, man, they just I just joined the podcast this week. I don't know if I can make moves yet." <laughs> He's not on the exec board. No, he hasn't made it to the board of directors yet. He's just yeah. like employee six or whatever he is. <laughs> but I want a player podcast, and I think they Soppy, do their, he can do it. I think they do their show on Fridays, and we don't have a Friday show. So, like, come on, boys, you can keep your domain, you can keep your intellectual property, but let's get it on Bearcat Journal. Help me out. Royer, yeah, me I mean that's yeah, yeah. I'll spread the word for sure. All right, appreciate you. We're, we're not going to make you do the mailbag. You don't want to do the mailbag. You don't want to do the mailbag. The mailbag. Is that what it's people fun, Ryan? Don't listen to them. The mailbag. If you want to do the mailbag, we'll let you stay around. But I figure it's it's like nine thirty. You've got like a desk job. You might need to go to bed. <laughs> if you want to do the mailbag, do you have... can do the mailbag. I don't recommend. All right, here next next week I'll do the mailbag because you know I'm a dedicated member here. But <laughs> I got dinner sitting in the freaking Dutch oven over there. I got some tortellini <laughs> I whipped up. Ooh, I haven't okay. ate yet. Yeah. So I got I love I love some tortellini. I know a little spicy tortellini action. Ooh, we're going with like little vodka sauce. Ooh, whipping up. Like it. Yeah. Tortellini a la vodka. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I like um, it. But yeah, I'll probably I'll do next week uh, mailbag. We'll get into the right. the hearts and souls of Bearcat Nation. Yeah. Great. I, hopefully, next week is a lot more simple show. Yeah, like hopefully, like hopefully you, we don't you have guys, to do you, we go deep. Weather, you guys are weathering the storm this week. We got quarterback competition, a loss. You know, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some interesting mailbags. Yeah. Have you not hey, read my Twitter this weekend? I I was at the lake. I wasn't on my phone much. Knowing you, I'm sure there's a lot of it's a cesspool. A, <laughs> I saw Kyle Bolden was out there defending the honor of the team. I respected that. He was Kyle Bolden. He's the man. So if you've never played if, football, then keep your mouth shut or something like yeah, that. Sh- yeah, shut the hell up, Tommy yeah. Tuberville. <laughs> Go to hell. Get, Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I there have a go. job, man. Jeez. <laughs> Jason Salins wants to know: Do we need a Royer cooking show, like on the oh. on the Bearcat Journal uh, TikTok? That's all yeah. the rage on TikTok are those little cooking shows. I've watched since I got. We had to get TikTok because we added a Bearcat Journal TikTok channel, and I, that's all I watch on TikTok is cooking yeah. shows. We might I need a Royer that. cooking show. I learned a lot of cooking from TikTok, but you know you can't beat. The fine Italian cuisine of my grandmother. That's where the real foundation has been formed. So, mm-hmm. but TikTok does help. It gives you some new ideas. But I'd, Don't hey, you know, let me know. We need more content. I'll put on the apron, the chef hat, and get some work for you guys. <laughs> wow. I love it. All right, Ryan. Go, but go I'll get go shirtless apron. No clothes. I was going to no say, yeah, you might have to, to, to get more people in, the shirt off with the apron. Yeah. And the war worry, I'll, I'll wear pants. <laughs> Brent, you got to stop hitting on our guests, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get the war paint going, too. Awesome. Go. Hey, hey, great, great, uh, great talk. Great first you guys. episode, uh, man. Love it. Yeah. Look, yep. 
Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Wait column next weekend. All right. Enjoy the tortellini. All right. See you, brother. <laughs> Thanks. Enjoy. All right. See you. All right. Look, look, Ryan I'm going to tell you right now. If we're going to get what we got yesterday from Dave and Jeff on the brunch, and then mm-hmm. we're going to get what we got tonight from Royer on this show, there's nobody doing it like us. It's not close. It's not close. So good. So damn good. Good old Ryan Royer. Brett Suss for Royer and Brady. Well, good. <laughs> let let Brett be Suss for Royer and Brady all he wants to. Brent. It's Brent. T-Win. He said he Brent. said Brett. He said Brett. He so did. Brett, Brett Stein, you're getting called out, my man. You're getting called out. <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and put a bow on it. Um Aaron. That was great. How'd you like Fayetteville? Um, it's I'm I'm never go back. Um yeah. that's I heard it was a beautiful spot. It wasn't it wasn't awful. It wasn't a place that I'd ever be like. It's a college going, town, right? Like it's, going it's, vacation. it's quintessential college town. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'd a little bigger it, than like Miami or something, but yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it's uh it was college town. It you know, I think I was a just a few things. Traveling down was fun, but I talked to numerous people and they ran into the same issues lying down. So, uh, you know, it pretty much. That's a flying issue, right? Like, yeah, thanks, yeah, Jason. We appreciate issue. you, man. Never been but, better. I agree. We're killing we it right now. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's when you, you know, that, that's when the airport bars become your friend during those long layovers. <laughs> what do you, and what you, do you order at the, at a bar in the airport? Like, what's your go to? Uh, double you get a glass tea- of red. No, I do double Tito's and soda with lemon. That's the uh, that's the move. So okay, and and after a vodka, few double vodka soda with lemon. Yeah, yeah. Always Tito's, always Tito's. But but yeah, it's it's uh, it was fine. You know, got there, did the whole. You know, went. Jim, was, welcome, Jim. Hey, Jim. That was a long drive, Jim. And I, it was funny because I it was so long that Brent flew, and he should have yeah. drove. I was I was texting my friends, and I was like. I was like, "Hey, just uh, just touch down in Chicago for my layover. Where are you guys at?" And they were like, "Oh, we're still, you know, <laughs> we're still. It's it's eighteen, Jason, but uh, <laughs> we're still. Uh, it, they were still hours and hours away from getting home, and I. So I mean, it was smart on the way back, but on the way there, it was it definitely took a while. Um, like yes, eleven it, hours, twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. For like them, we could have drove yeah. with Aaron, and we could have got content with you and Aaron the whole time." I would have slept. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, how's it going back there, man? I don't know. I'm sleeping. Uh, but no, it was it was good getting there. But it was, it was funny because, you know, you get off and, uh, you know, my Uber driver that drove me to my Airbnb was kind of just like, just kind of saying, you know, to me, it was like, he was like, yeah, so so what is what is it with the Bearcats? You know, what is a Bearcat? I, I feel like that was everyone's favorite question of the weekend is, is what was a Bearcat. Aaron had a great tweet, you know, doing uh, – you know, Lucille greater sign and, and the Tusk five the Tusk five that they had just hanging out. Um, but, <laughs> but I was like, I was pointing out the, the Airbnb to, to my Uber driver. I was like, it's that one right there with the, with the, uh, Cincinnati Bearcat flag. He's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even know what a Bearcat flag would look like. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he had never seen the CPA in his life, but could name like the entire starting lineup for Arkansas. If that gives you any idea of of the type of fanhood that they had, but now 
game day, walking in front of the uh, all the frats and stuff, was getting a lot of f you, f this, f that. But you know, it, it it was it was friendly for the most part. Got a got a personal tour from from everyone's you know least favorite basketball coach Eric Musselman of the uh, basketball facilities on Saturday morning. Um, they were they they had a recruit in town. Luckily, we were able to top in there. So. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, it was, it was, everything was good. And the Bearcat fan base was loud in the stadium yet again. Aaron, I think you know, we could hear a couple down the drives. We could hear a couple let's go Bearcats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for the most part, Arkansas's fan base was not very loud. You know, there was maybe two or three times that they got loud. One was inside, you know, that, that first and three after the fumble, you know, first and goal from the three yard line. And, you know, it, it was so loud that I thought they were like pumping in crowd noise because it was so quiet other than that one time. And it was just, it was weird, but you know what? Jim Huber's right. We did take over Hickson street and just a quick aside, Jim Dixon, um, Dixon street, Dixon street. Yeah. Very good. Dixon. I think Hickson might be a play on words there. Yeah. Well, because I'll South. With, yeah. I'll, I'll roll with Jim. We took over Hickson street. How about that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was a fun weekend. Obviously, uh, coming away with a dub would have been a lot more. This more might fun. be my favorite comment, and I don't know how long. Brent's airport budget and mine are not the same. <laughs> it's. Uh, I yeah. concur, Deanna. Hence, me not flying. <laughs> okay, thank you, Deanna. <laughs> Deanna gets a single Tito's <laughs> with soda, right, and a, right. And a lemon. Yeah, you can bring the lemon. But uh, not sucking up to you at all, Jim Huber, but. I thought Hubert did really well on the offensive line. Hey. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't call your son's name out at all for getting right. beat. Like that's a good day. Yeah, that's a really good day good. as an offensive lineman in your first start. Yeah, not hearing your name on the offensive line—that's that's how you want it to be. <laughs> so, but no, we took over Dixon Street. We we took over that JJ's or whatever it was called. Twice. Uh, yeah, the the back and forth of the them doing the woo pick suey and us doing down the drive. Uh, that was a fun back and forth. We went we some bar called Shots, uh, where you you know you take a shot of something and it's in a glass shot glass. Sorry, not glass, uh, ice shot glass, and then you throw it on the ground afterwards. That was a interesting thing. I'm sure, it's a what? big hit. Big hit with the uh, with with the college kids. What? Yeah, yeah. So you, you just have, break glass on the floor yeah, and everybody walks no, around with broken glass on the it's floor. Ma- it's made of ice. It's made of ice. <laughs> oh. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's made of ice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, T Win. Could use some. <laughs> Could use some. Uh, but yeah. Good good solid weekend. Oh, and a quick aside. Chad, do you remember the name Rodney Clark? Oh yeah, I remember Rodney Clark. So almost uh, was a Bearcat. Larry yep. Davis loved Rodney Clark. Well, everyone else in the country did too. But so, uh, well, I mean, before everybody else in the country did, Larry yeah. Davis loved Rodney Clark. So, um, my Uber driver from the Airbnb on Sunday, I went to like a, a barbecue place for you know an hour, got some food and a drink, and then to to the airport there. My Uber driver just happened to be Rodney Clark's dad, and oh wow, dropped me off at the at the bar I went to, and then he said. Hey, if you want me to give you a ride to the to the airport, I'll I'll do that too. Here's my phone number, this, that, and the other. So we had the long drive to the airport together. He was giving me stories. It was awesome. Got his number. He's like, whenever you want to go to a Pacers game, let me know. Cause Ronald Nora said 
I get you tickets whenever you want. So shout out to uh, to to the Clark family. What, what did he say about the his recruitment to Cincinnati? Did you did you get like I I asked, dude, and he was just he was too busy with Bill Self stories, Roy Williams stories, and just like I I know and fuck out of here, man. LeBron James <laughs> stories and this that and the other pretty much. And then he was he, he asked Brad Stevens because Rodney transferred from Arkansas to Butler. Asked Brad Stevens why he didn't recruit him out of out of high school, and Brad was like, "Do you think I'm dumb? I'm, I knew we weren't getting Rodney out of high school, so it was uh, <laughs> right. It was just a good, good, funny story, but um, yeah. Overall, I'll be honest, I, I expected a little bit more, but uh, Fayetteville was was about as solid as you can be. I can tell they love the SEC more than their own team. I think maybe uh, a lot of SEC belts, a lot of SEC chants. It was it was quite strange, but. The highlight of my day was uh, Bearcat Journal Twitter just going after Barstool Cincinnati <laughs> Twitter with me. I thought that was fantastic. So to anyone listening that helped me out with that uh, to get credited for something that Barstool doesn't send anyone out to cover. Look, I don't mind the Barstool Cincinnati Twitter account, but stop stealing people's shit. Like, uh, come on. That was my like, only issue. If you issue. want to be taken serious around just, town. Just retweet me. Yeah, like stop stealing somebody else's shit and saying it's yours. Like it's it, it's not a good look, and nobody's gonna respect you, and you're gonna lose a lot of credibility around town. Stop doing that. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. simple. But another ma- amazing showing by the Bearcat faithful. So uh, shout out to yeah. all the fans, man. They, uh, I could tell that the the Uber drivers and the fans that I talked to at from Arkansas were blown away. They didn't expect that many Bearcats there. So. And it was a hard weekend too, you know, Labor Day weekend, you know, first week of the year, it, you know, first game of the season, and kind of end of summer. It's a tough time to decide to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, for that. But you know, they showed out yet again. So, shouts to them, and I look forward to a great season. Anything basketball, or should we hop right into the mailbag? I mean, uh, the only thing for basketball I would say is George Washington the third. Just decommitted. Decommitted from Ohio State today. Because I don't, Ronnie, James, I don't believe. I don't believe the Bearcats will be involved in the re-recruitment of George Washington the <laughs> Third. I, you know, it's it is funny the whole. So there's everybody's that. like everybody wanted to hear me do that, that. and no, this is probably the only time it's going to happen. I don't there see you see getting involved. Open and shut that door. What they were saying. Dayton because of his, his dad's connection or whatnot. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, who, you know, I think Louisville's a possibility. Dayton's a possibility. He had a bad summer, man. Right. Like I watched that team a lot this summer and, and there were very few games I watched away, like where I walked away thinking like he made a, like it was uh, Devin Royal, Dalen Swain, mm-hmm. You know, it was he didn't he didn't splash this summer at all. It's like he was going just, the opposite way of Collier, pretty much. Yeah, which fair. You probably don't want to do that. Um, no. Looks like the Jizzle James thing is kind of going the same direction as of now. Uh, finishes his uh, visit to Miami without a commitment, which is always you know something that on those on those visits you just want to say that. Right. Move forward. So um, the yeah. next the next two or three weeks are going to be really interesting. I also think that like 
the staff would would like their uh, their movements over the next couple of weeks to be a little more stealth because mm-hmm. you know they're in some high stakes. You're in high stake. They're playing a lot of high stakes poker, and you know what you don't want in a high stakes poker game is everybody at the table to know your hand. Right. Right. So I think they're going to do everything they can to like uh, you know. Keep that hand, like you know how they they do that thing. If you watch poker on TV, where they're like they're looking at their hand like this, and they don't look at it again. Yep. I think there's going to be a lot of that over the next couple of weeks, unless you got that little hidden camera, which maybe well, yeah, you are the hidden camera, but they want to keep probably it not. To the chest. <laughs> probably not. Like I might right. be the hidden camera, but we're not going to be talking about it a whole right. lot over the next uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> things things seem to stay. Same with with the whole Isaiah Collier thing as well. Just reading, they're, they're just now, now they're just now restarting the process. Right, he right. saw his best friend die. Exactly, exactly. He was there. Like it's not just that his best friend died. He was there mm-hmm. when it happened. The kid needs some space. The family needs some space. Like it's right. It's it's really difficult, man. Like. I, it, it's not something you can even fathom no. having to go through. And I know UC gave them like, they didn't even reach out for like a month. Yeah. Which like, hands is, off. Yeah. Which is what you probably like, probably wait until you hear from them. You know what I mean? It's right. It's just, right. Just when they're ready, they'll reach out. I, I think things are finally starting to get back to normal or at least as normal as it can be. And they're, they're, getting back into the recruiting process. But even if like, if you look at Jizzle James schedule, he's got a visit scheduled for like November. Yeah. Yeah. He's not in a hurry. Right. And guess what? When your dad is a hall of famer and made a hundred million dollars, you don't need to, there's, there's, there's no press. Like nobody's pressuring you into anything. Right. You're good. Right, like you're not, you're not fighting for scraps. Yeah, you're at the top of the food chain. You're okay. Which, so this is going to play out into through the fall and towards the winter, right. and we'll see what the staff is able to do. Yeah, just a quick aside. You know that when Musselman was <clears throat> giving us a tour on Saturday, the recruit that was visiting was Jason Richardson's son. So yeah. my mindset was if this was a recruit that kind of was seeing all these bright lights for the first time, they probably wouldn't want just some random Cincinnati fans kind of hopping on for, you know, the tour of the of the arena. But, you know, when, when it comes to a player whose parent has been through the whole thing, you know, it, it probably bows to a little bit different of a recruitment. So Jizzle's one of those guys. Uh, let's see, see what comes of that. And obviously him, call your – page just the same thing seemed to be keep on rolling on um aside from that i think jim huber shouts to uh danco joe for a great tailgate joe sorry i didn't make it and and aaron it, it was tough out there man tough to figure out where anyone was to be honest with you so, miles away i just i tried no yeah no clue but you know what we came we saw 
in Fayetteville is probably forever out of my life. It was it was fun to fun to visit for one time. <laughs> safe, safe to say forever. Yeah. Fun to visit one time, unless sure. there's some random reason to go there. Then yeah. yeah, we'll see. Who knows? Bearcats in the SEC in 2040. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> aside from that, I guess it's time for the uh, for the mailbag. So let's go ahead. All right. Dive on into that. Open that on up. Uh, starting right at the top. What backups? And this is from Otter217. What backups impressed in week one that you can see starting by the end of the season? I, I don't know of any. Like, uh, I, I, do you consider Corey Miner a backup? Barring injury, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, well, like... Kiner was an or though, so. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I don't know that there's any like from the back like surprises. Yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric Phillips had a great game. Dante Corleone had a great game. We talked about both of those guys. Um, but that's always like a rotation, you know what I mean? It's just like Jaden Thompson, Nick Mardner, Chris Scott. Right. Those guys are in a re- rotation. Um, How about Will Pauling, by the way? Uh, you know, Will South, Pauling got South a Will lot Pauling. more playing time than I expected. If you would have told me the first, I think it was either the first completion or the first attempt was to Will Pauling on the season, I would have said, what? Okay. That was interesting, too, because that was something we didn't see a lot at camp. Right. They had Pauling and Trey Tucker on the field together. Right, right. Which, which meant, essentially, Tyler Scott was your boundary, and you were playing Pauling and Tucker – together as dual slots from the field and the, and the slot. That's interesting because that's a lot of speed. Like Tyler Scott, Will Pauling, Trey Tucker on the field at the same time. Your defense is stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Stressed. Panting. And then with speed. And then I thought uh, Jaquan Shepard had a pretty decent, pretty solid game. I mean, Second on the team in tackles, the only two. I was very impressed with Jaquan Shepard. You know, it, it, he had, he had the one play where uh, you know it was it was a catch and run <laughs> by Trey Knox where you want to take the outside. Yeah, you want to take yeah. the the outside to, to push him back inside uh, to push Trey Knox back inside to the rest of your def- defenders. But aside from that, you know, it's it's kind of just yeah. That's not something a corner is necessarily going to be like well versed right. in, right? right. Like. Beat the block in a certain direction to like, to yeah, they teach it, it. Yeah, like they want to be good at it, but that's right. not like that's not something like in the book of what do we have to have our corners yeah. good at? It's probably like the fifth thing, so, right? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I don't know. I don't think really anybody. I think strengthen the core that they have right now and just yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's all the stuff we've talked about from camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I talked about a bunch that Will Pauling was having a great camp. Right. They just hadn't shown looks where Will Pauling and Trey Tucker were on that field side together. Right. Um, If that's something that they're serious about going forward with Tyler Scott on the other side. Good luck. (laughs) Right? Like, and then then you can bring in Jaden Thompson, Nick Mardner, Chris Scott. As I Paul think, said, Wiley was the fourth receiver in that set. Yeah. Like, I think. The, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you got it. 
when I you go ahead. the the only thing that I thought was a little you know interesting to see as far as the wide receivers go was was Nick Mardner wasn't out there as much as I thought he would. But when when you have Will Pauling out there, it does change things up a little bit. When you have well, the Mardner thing is just there. well, the Mardner thing is a part of that, and just it's him, Jaden Thompson, Chris Scott for right. that bound for that that boundary spot. Yep, like there's going to be a continuous, not only rotation, but battle from those guys for playing time. Yep. And also you mess with defenses big time when you have three different guys that can play the boundary and be good at it. Right. Right. Cause they have to defend so many different types of schemes. Mm-hmm. Look how Martin, how open Martiner was wide open. And you know, it's everybody hard, it's wants to shit on Ben. Martiner too. <laughs> everybody wants to shit on Ben. That mm-hmm. was a perfect. Oh yeah. Throw to Nick Martiner. Oh yeah. Same as the wheel route to McClellan. Same as the toe tap throw to Tyler Scott mm-hmm. in the in the second half. There were some really good throws by Ben. Man, some. Did he, was he bad in the first half? Yes. Right. Like, I think just, okay, people, you win. He had some bad plays in the first half. But if you watch the second half, my God, there were there was some stuff that we, like, people were begging for from Dez for four right. years. Dez can't make these throws. And Ben made them. Mm-hmm. Let's, okay. let's, let's even it out a little bit. That's all. All right. Which of these specific Bearcat plays moments had greater impact on the final score that, if executed properly, could have flipped the game to a W? Number one, the Phantom Cooper hold that took away seven points. Number two, the missed 48-yard field goal that makes it seven to three. Or number three, the ensuing set of mistakes after the fumble recovery at the three. The play at the three just has to be it, right? Yeah, Yeah, that was Turned 21-21 with 100% of the momentum into 21-17. Felt like an Arkansas victory, a four-point yeah. blunder. Yeah. And I talked about this on the radio today. Both that play and the hold on Cooper that didn't happen. Right. That prevented from putting real game pressure on K.J. Jefferson. Right. K.J. Jefferson got to play with – he got to play as a front runner the entire game. Yep. And – He's a really good college quarterback. I don't know what he looks like as an NFL quarterback, but what I know is he's a load and a bitch to handle in a college game. Right. And he was never tied or trailing after Arkansas scored their first touchdown. Mm-hmm. So you never put that heat on him of got to make a play, got to make a play, like with my arm or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and I, I think that hurt. I, I would say not converting on the fumble, but there were there were multiple, man. Yeah, I, that one as well, Aaron. I think you'll agree because that was when the crowd was loudest. I think if you score a touchdown right there, that takes the crowd out of the game completely. Yeah, for sure. And the, uh, that that crowd was really loud on third downs. Yeah, yeah. Fourth so, downs, touchdowns. Right. right. You know, I I am interested to see if they were. Trying to get that play off at fourth and three. I think they were. I think they were trying to get him off sides. Okay. And then just I think there was a confusion. 
Yeah. I, I don't think it was well communicated. Right. But I think they were trying to get, you know, fourth and one, one and a half. And then call a timeout or, you know, get it right. figured out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, had asked this a couple weeks ago, but I think that the thread got deleted. How do the, the coaches... thread never gets deleted? I don't delete threads. How do the coaches no. assess the impact of dual threat quarterbacks? They don't really tackle and protect the quarterbacks in scrimmage. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to your team, right? Like we've talked about this a bunch through camp and, and into the start of the season. If you think you need to be a power team, then you put more emphasis on a dual threat quarterback. If you have the weapons that they have offensively, which we're at a point where I don't think that can be denied. Mm-hmm. Look at how many guys were running open. Right. You, I, I think you, you put less of an emphasis on a rushing quarterback. Why, why was a, a running quarterback so critical in 2018? Because the wide receiver st- uh, room stunk so bad, they they moved on from the coach, and almost everyone that was in the room and started over. They like they they kept Alec Pierce and redrafted <laughs> Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, like Chris Scott. Like the list goes on and on. Will Pauling, um, you okay? Eric? Yeah, everything's good. No, there's n- just trying to see what noises are happening around here. <laughs> Can you me. see through the ceiling? Well, there's a wall here, but that's a stairwell, and then there's another oh, half okay. a basement. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like X-ray vision staring through the ceiling or something. No, stairwells, stairwells <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, I think in that situation, like if you know you don't have a lot of options to throw to you lean into a running quarterback. Yeah. If you know, you've got a bunch of guys that are just going to be running wide open because of the number of weapons you have, then you lean into more of a passing style quarterback. I think that's played such a major part in this whole process. They know Wiley, Taylor, Tucker, Scott, Scott, Mardner, Thompson. Like, there's a lot of weapons. Maximize what you're best at. And right now, I think this team is best at pushing the ball down the field. Making plays 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. Okay. Please discuss both the disaster plans for center if, heaven forbid, something happens to Gerhardt and also longer-term center development thoughts. Who centers on the scout team and who did that last year? Uh, I have no clue who centers on the scout team. They just started doing scout team like a week ago, and they lost their number one center and their number three center. So not only is Jake Renfro out, but Landon Pickle is out. Yeah after surgery on a torn labrum. Gavin Gerhardt, uh, the, the only, only other guy on the roster is uh, a walk-on named C.J. Johnson that that is playing center. What they started to do last week that I saw on Tuesday um, that we saw last year 
when Gap or when uh, Renfro got the hip issue, is that Vinny McConnell started taking those backup snaps and ended up playing a couple games mm-hmm. as the starting center. Um, I saw Dylan O'Quinn and Joe Huber trying to like fit into that backup center role just in case of, you know, in case exactly. break glass in case of emergency. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Same thing was right. happening before the, the game when, when kind of the skill players are all out there just getting their warm ups yeah. in Huber O'Quinn and uh, Gavin and then CJ, I guess would be the fourth one that was out there. They were all just taking snaps with the quarterback. So, um, to be honest, I from the snaps I saw, Huber and O'Quinn were, were firing off some good shotgun snaps. Obviously, in-game is different, and even in practice against contact is different. But from the snaps that I saw, they, they seemed crisp. So, uh, big learning curve. But it, they are implementing and trying to figure out backup options if uh, the emergency comes alive. Right. All right. Well... What is your current confidence level for the kicking game? One would be only PATs. Ten would be trying from 65. And that comes from UC Merck 17. About a six and a half, seven. His leg is not a problem. I'm going with seven and a half. I, I truly think you saw how far up that that hit on the one that, that clanked off. I, you know, and he was. It was, he was 48 yards. He yeah. hit it. He hit it perfect. Yep. Um, in terms of straight, I, I didn't. Yeah. Here's here's kind of what's weird. His ball doesn't like the best kickers have kind of a either a draw or a fade option. Um, that ball looked like when he kicked it, the forty eight yarder, it was gonna fade into the uprights and then like halfway it just stopped and went straight again. Yeah. Like it's almost like he kicks the ball too straight. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was weird. And that happened again on the, on the chip shot. We talked about that earlier with Royer. Everything was set up on the angle to kick from the, the, the wide side of the field angle into the goalposts and he just kicked it as absolute straight as you could. And it was three inches. If he would have kicked it at the angle that the ball was placed, it would have been good. I'm not overly concerned yet. I know there's some people out there that are like the kicking was terrible all of camp. Um, But those people were at like two camp practices. So I don't know how you can say the kicking was bad all of camp when you showed up twice. Boom, roasted. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Are we done doing buy games? It's bad yep. enough that we don't get a return game. But yes. No, no, nothing. Yes. Yes. There's no point anymore in doing buy games. This was done in 2017-18 after the Big 12 thing fell apart and Cincinnati was stuck in the American. They did a buy game with Notre Dame. They did a buy game with Arkansas. They got about a million plus, million two to win the game at Notre Dame. They got a million three and learned a hell of a lot about themselves at Arkansas. But from here on out, no, like 
They're in the Big 12. Why, why are they buying a game somewhere? They don't need the $1.3 million. Mm-hmm. So, yes, done doing buy games. Okay. Um, that's the end of the football mailbag. Hey, hey. Basketball mailbag. Uh, will Chad have any open gym type reports now that everyone's back on campus? What is the schedule of how much coaches can work with players each week until regular practices begin? And when do those begin? Uh, probably not many open gym type things because I, I, there's just so much other shit going on. Uh, and we're also really close to like being allowed back in practice. Um, I think the date I was told was September 26th that I'm going to be allowed to go like start watching practices again. Uh, so we're, we're almost there a couple weeks. Uh, the schedule, they get four hours a week of, uh, on-court instruction, four hours a week with Rayfelt. That goes from now until that like late September date where they officially start practice and start getting ready for the season. So we're almost there. All right. The basketball stuff is coming. It's coming. We just... I, I had a couple conversations earlier this week, or last week, sorry, we're at the start of this week. Um, last week that was like, can I just, can I please come and watch workouts? And the answer was no. I tried. Jason, I concur. Reason number one million, see Clemson at four. Why preseason polls are dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Well, Clemson's defense is clearly one of the elite defenses in the country. Their offense, trash. Doesn't help. Garbage. DJ Ugiungole. DJ Ugiungole. Um, what is Isaiah Collier like as a defender, and how does that compare to Drizzle James's defensive profile? They're pretty similar. Um, they're both aggressive. Um, they're both. Uh, Isaiah is a little bit more able to guard you know, one, two, maybe three, because he's, he's got more size than James. Um, But they're both really strong. They're both physical uh, way to go, like as high level defenders. But um, I like the potential of both defensively. Okay. They aren't that dissimilar, I guess is, is my point. And the last question in the basketball mailbag, how do you see the AAC unfolding this winter? Houston's a lock for number one, but after that, there are league-wide question marks due to coaching changes, heavy roster losses, or both. Some teams have retooled better than others, but with all of these roster resets, it makes predicting any kind of accurate league finishing difficult. Who do you guys like at the top of the league, and why? Where do Wes and company fit in? My dogs are losing their minds. Yeah. I have no idea. I just spent the past six weeks working like 16 hours a day on football. Non-stop football. Yeah, I, I, we'll get there. Like, as we get to practice starting, my dogs are pissed you asked the question, H-bombs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, like, I, I don't know. Houston's going to be really good. I, I don't have much faith in Memphis. I don't know much about anybody else, really, in terms of like what they added, what they lost, whatever. Like that's that's a little ways out. And I'm gonna mute now because my dogs are losing their mind. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right. 
Goodness. Um, and the last question, rapid fire. Uh, better star walk-on interview, Campbell or Royer, mashed, smashed, or twice baked potato in Fort Lauderdale or Tempe, Arizona. Brent with Chad muted. We'll start with you. Rapid fire, better star walk-on interview, Campbell or Royer. Well, I've, I've never interviewed Campbell, and I've never met Campbell, so my answer is Royer. Garrett is like my brother. Like I love, like I love him, um, but it's it's Royer. Campbell's Campbell's a little too nice, I would say, in in those settings. We've had Garrett on mm -hmm. uh, before. Royer will just say it right. Like right. I, I love that about Ryan. Um, I, I would go mash on potatoes, but I'll add something at the end here since we're doing rapid fire. <laughs> As I would you, go mashed. As you normally do. Yeah. Brent? Mashed. I'm going to go twice baked. Oh. Because that's my jam. It's his jam. So, so last night I did um, I did a TikTok thing. Oh, a tickle taco. A tickle taco. So one of the TikTok trends I've seen for potatoes is you take, you melt a stick of butter or half a stick of butter. And then you put Parmesan cheese and your favorite, like, seasoning, whatever you really love. I used uh, Meat Church Holy Gospel because that's my jam. And you make a paste in the bottom of a baking dish. And then you cut red potatoes in half and you score them like a tic-tac-toe board. And you put them down in the paste and you bake them for, like, 40 minutes. They were phenomenal. Those are some of the best potatoes I've ever had last night. So try that. Okay. okay. I will. Um, but Skins also wanted everybody to know he, he forgot it was Monday. He almost missed a shot at Darren. And P.S. The coverage has been fire. Sincerely, one of Chad's psycho fans. Well, well yeah, you that, missed. You, know, you, you forgot missed Fort Lauderdale. Tempe. Tempe. Oh, Fort Lauderdale, Tempe. I'm sorry. Um, I've never been to Tempe, so Fort Lauderdale is an easy answer for me. Um, go ahead, Brent. Can can we call Scottsdale Temp Tempe or what yeah? I mean that's the same place. Yeah, Scottsdale. It's insane. No humidity. It's insane. The Tempe is Arizona State, right? Yeah, which is considered like the best, like college uh, co-ed situation in the world. Maybe. Arkansas was pretty good. <laughs> I heard. I heard in the SEC the. Uh, the co-eds are pretty good at the co-ed thing. They do it a little different down there. <laughs> it's like a formal, right? Like they're 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 dressed to the nines. There was some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm too old for that shit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> easy, easy, Danny Glover. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> but yeah, but yeah uh, uh, I mean, Fort Lauderdale. Honestly, you've only been there a couple of times. I've only been to Scottsdale once. I go other places in those states, but if if I'm doing Scottsdale compared, I, I mean Arizona is just like that's that's top level. Fort Lauderdale, you're going I, down there, you're sweating. You gotta be. You gotta. I'm always be going water. west coast. I'm a west coast guy. Like I love. Mm -hmm. I love the west coast. Yeah. Like I, I'm much more west coast than I am Florida. Right. I agree. Those those people like are friends with alligators and shit. Like I'm no. I'm well, good. don't. I, there's there's a couple really good families down there. 
<laughs> right, Aaron? We've, we've got relatives down there in Florida. Yeah. Here we go. All right. I'm done. You kind of stand up for them. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Uh, anyway. Yes. Is that, is that the mailbag? Yes, yeah, we're done. Okay, we're done. Any any final tidbits, gentlemen? Aaron. Again, yeah. there's nobody doing it better than what we're doing on Sunday mornings with uh, with Jeff and Dave. There's nobody better at what we're doing on Monday nights with Ryan Royer. We're kicking ass. I love it. And taking names. Uh, well, guys, if there's nothing else, then uh, I guess, you know, big shout out, big thank you. To uh, all the fans, obviously, that came down and uh, showed out down there in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, a big shout out to Danco Joe and Dan- Danco Transmission. Special thank you to Ryan Roy for coming on as well. He'll be on every Monday throughout the season. So, uh, for my good pals, my buds, my uh, PICs every Monday night, that's Bearcat Journal Nightcap. You guys are excited for those, but I for. Am. For Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BVP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!